welcome to episode seven of the Dump and Change podcast, uh, coming to you live from uh, Dump and Change uh, Studios. Uh, I would say I've been Rush Studios, Sensation Studios, if you want. Uh, we are actually sens- actually we want to call it Sensation Studios because we are out in the sun. We pulled the uh, old uh, DNC table, trusty baby. It was going to get replaced here soon, but pulled her outside. We are in the sun, excited, beyond excited for today's uh podcast boys and um we're gonna get to that in a minute uh but to my right and i've switched spots again uh to my right uh golden voice walter Eunice, how you doing buddy uh be, yeah, echoing what you just said beyond excited for today's guest uh I, i'm really now that we're kind of out of quarantine i'm i'm really having a difficult time adjusting my uh drinking habits and volume from quarantine uh, volume to get up, be productive, do stuff during the day volume. So I'm really working on that right now. It's, it's not, uh, I'm right there with you yeah, by the way. Yeah, totally. Right like, I wasn't planning on drinking today, but oh, it's well. like 75 degrees out. We've got a fantastic guest. I'm with my boys. Hate that, uh, EP, EP executive producer, Steve Glines can't be here today. Um, I love being outside in the sun, and I just want to make sure that everybody knows that uh, Dump and Change podcast is working on swag packages for our guests. They obviously are not done, so for now, uh, free beer will have to do. do uh, right. But I, I've taken care of our guests today for an, in the interim, but also oh. with us today, uh, the Big Ginge, Kenny Holmberg. How you doing, bud? Uh, good, good. We're outside. It's nice weather. Looking at about a dozen sheep on the mountain here right now for all you hunters out there. Uh this doesn't suck. It doesn't suck. Did you bring any sunscreen? <laughs> you're going to need gonna, Actually, I shouldn't talk because I'm like I'm like a Norwegian blue vein. I'm going to look uh-huh. and see every uh, <laughs> thing, and that's uh, but you're probably a little bit worse shape with the uh, I'm going to look like you're fucking trying to play into this. Well, All right. Well, that'd be good. He looks like one of those gingers that tans well, though. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's not a tan, really? though. It's, it's just the, the freckles come out so much that it appears like a tan from That's just a teaser, ladies and gentlemen. They call them daywalkers. Freckles are cute. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, without further ado, uh, let's get into it here. Uh, well, you want to talk about the COVID, or are we good? I mean, it's like, I feel like it's over. Hey, you know what? We're we're socially distanced. We are. Uh, socially we are. Distanced. We've sanitized our hands all more than once so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, we shook hands with. We got gloves. Uh, rub, we got masks. Gloves. Yeah. You know, I think, it, I think we're good, and I think that uh, I think that we're you know it's a thing, and, and we're taking it serious. But uh, the government says we're allowed to have uh, twenty people gathered now, so we're safe. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Well, uh, like I said before, we are beyond, I am beyond excited. I know these guys are too, uh, about our guest today. Unbelievable. Um, he is a uh, local hockey legend in every sense of the word. He probably hates to hear that, but it's true. Uh, this uh, young man played high school hockey at East High, uh, played Div 1 college hockey four years at UAA, uh, went on to play in the East Coast Hockey League for your Alaska Aces. Then on to the AHL, uh, and then, yes, to the NHL, one of a handful of guys from our state to have played in uh, the National Hockey League. Um, huge contributor to Alaskan hockey, genuine dude, one of the best people I know, the governor, J.J. Johnson. Oh, man, how you guys doing? Dude, thanks. Uh, welcome to the program, buddy. Oh, yeah, let's go. Yeah, not be- not a day not. out of playing shape either. No. I mean, this dude what rolls up. He just looks like he's ready to rock Looks and like roll. Johnny Cash. Um, yeah, the man in black. The man dude. in black. Yeah, but oh, yeah. dude, looks like he, uh, I, I, first, I, I guess the first question, like, quarantine workout, what are you doing? I mean, he's got the, always, all, you've always been built like a brick shithouse. Well, I, how do you uh, do it? I got a bike. Uh, first time since, I've ridden a bike since a kid, so 
it feels like I've got some kind of irritation or whatever in my Taint. saddle. But Taint. It's, <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> Parademum. If yeah, it's uh, like, uh, like an ex- like a like a Aerodyne or like a Peloton or something. Uh, no, I bought like a mountain bike. Oh, you're yeah. actually out riding a bike. Yeah, I oh. did Westchester to Kincaid and back, and I am Ooh. paying the price. Paying the price, like I said, you, you, I, you think I have a, a, a rash, but I don't. It just, it just, it's, it's inflamed. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one too. Yeah. you got to ease into that one. Well, and I told the doctor about it today that I was working with, and he says that actually does cause prudential nerve damage if you sit on a bike like that too long. Yeah, and he said it can, it can, it can lead to impotence. Is that something you can work? I mean, it seems like I, I have ridden a bike in the past. It seems like. You can work that you can work that muscle out like any other. Like yeah. a- after a while, it's not as bad, or is that still causing damage? Or? Yeah, no, you 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 do, you develop like a like callus. A, yeah, like a callus. <laughs> Playing to guitar, it. callus in the fingertips. For, <laughs> for people who live on these bikes, and people, it it is a thing. Oh Jesus! They do deal with uh, probably you know, like those Tour de France types and whatnot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Oh. Yeah. Well, speaking of fitness, one thing I noticed that JJ and I have in common is we're both two hundred twenty pounds. Yeah. He's a little taller than you, but yeah, <laughs> yeah a little taller. Uh, I'm coming in right around 232 right now. Oh, so all right. I mean, all I right, could, right. I, I'd love to be 220. <laughs> I would love to be uh, 220. Five, there's a lot of running backs in the NFL, 5'7", 220. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking at this the picture. You have a doppelganger. Um, do you not? Yes, Andre Do- Horton. Andre Horton. Stud. Yeah, dude, he looks like a stud. He's a, He lists himself as an entrepreneur evangelist. Yes, photographer guy he does a lot of things looks a lot like you mm-hmm. i can see how you guys would be i didn't realize he was alaskan someone told me about this yesterday i think it was casey kennedy thank you casey uh-huh. and he's like yeah dude check it out so i checked this stuff out i'm like yeah no. looks a lot similar yeah no. holy shit by yeah. the way he does a side-by-side that he teases people with because he's got the photographer uh, skills but he's actually a firefighter now oh oh really yeah so AFD. He, yep so he did some striping and some uh, gr- uh asphalt and paving and then he did uh a donut thing briefly. Uh, he worked in the medical field as a, as a sales rep at one point. Uh, and this is all after he was a professional skier. I believe he was employed yeah. by the U.S. ski team. I saw that. Holy shit. Um, he's, he's, he's stud, man. So did you ever get, like, a beer thrown in your face because of it? No, like, luck- you son of a bitch. No, luckily. luckily <laughs> I, I don't know who you are. <laughs> luckily, man. Damn you meet, Andre. You meet the guy. He's super impressive. Yeah. You know, like, I think his dad was a math teacher. His mom was one of those ladies that worked in the school. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, just just a really solid, warm, squared away guy. Um, so what, what would happen was if I ever went to a place where, you know, people were healthy and like to do things like Moose's Tooth, Bear Tooth, if I was in Seward, Girdwood, people would just say, oh, hey, and they would just run to say hello. And, and uh, you know, me being shy in certain ways, I didn't I didn't know how to. You know, but I also wasn't smart enough. I don't think either. Yeah. And after a few minutes, Take several advantage. times, several times has happened. After a few minutes, I've just looked at them, and they could just tell I had no idea. And they go, "You're not Andre, are you?" And they go, "No." <laughs> they go, "No, no, <laughs> I'm not Andre." Close, Andre, uh, JJ. And yeah. They, they said we love Andre and blah blah blah, and 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 this and this has been going on for years. Yeah, it's like funny. We're talking twenty years. Just found out about it yesterday. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, but I pulled this picture up, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. It fucking looks exactly yeah. like him. And in the summertime when I'm tanned, it's it's, yeah. wor- it's worse. Yeah. Well, you can take your tarps off. You're about yeah. the only one that I would hear, uh, yeah. I would let take their tarps off yeah. or would enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Sexual chocolate. Stay yeah. sexy. <laughs> Sexual chocolate. <laughs> yeah. If loving you's wrong, <laughs> I don't want to be right. <laughs> mean but sweet. So, um, obviously, a lot to get to. I mean, there's, there's some obvious things here, but... Um, 
and I, and I, I use that term local legend and it, it's not it's not off the mark it, it's yeah. uh you're such an ambassador for the game for our state for our players as not only a player but now as a coach um i can tell you my three boys <clears throat> look up to jj like he's uh he's he's god and and it's a uh, it's it's awesome and uh, I, I i do as well so um i guess we're going to start with the your nhl i mean huge huge accomplishment i mean you got to feel proud tell me what it's like first time you pull that uh the NHL sweater over your over your gear and say I'm going to go out and play an NHL game it had to be just surreal. I D- mean disbelief, unbelievable. I think that's the, that's the word. I just kind of, you know, I love when I kind of get asked that because I, I you you got it. If you could just hold on to that, man, you'd be in a lot better shape, you know, mentally and spiritually or whatever, just in terms of your attitude and perspective. And, but I I remember I was just in disbelief that I was doing that. Well, and, and what's that like? You're trying to get ready for an NHL game mentally, yeah. and everyone's different with that. But at the same time, you're trying to soak it in like, yeah. holy shit, yeah. I am the National Hockey League. It's just like yeah. it's like what every kid that plays hockey anywhere, but it's, yeah. in Alaska for sure, we all did it. Yeah, you see yourself wearing uh, whatever your favorite team is, and I'm going to go out yeah. there. And, I mean, like, like I told Walter before, I would give my left nut to uh, play one shift in the NHL and uh, do that had to be just what I mean, what accomplishment. Yeah, no, it was um, for me, you know, playing a certain role, like, you know, there's a lot of the skilled part of the game that people don't really expect from you. Uh, but you'd like to think that you're somewhat functional but serviceable and just in terms of playing the game. But when you're going to go out there and you know that it's Patrick Eliash, uh, Martin Brodeur, Yammer Yager, um, uh, Fabian Brunstrom, and some of these guys... E- e- you're like, man, I just really don't want to suck. Like, that's... There's the don't excitement of, of, like, I'm going to be a part of this, but there's also, like, man, I, I, I actually need to make sure I do what I'm supposed to do on the rink. Yeah, like, you do deal with play this, the, for sure. Play the forecheck. Play the neutral zone. Play the D zone. Don't take a stupid, silly penalty. Don't embarrass yourself. Um, and then you get nervous, you know? Oh, absolutely. I'll be honest, I'll be honest I was nervous in, in the whole Scott Gomez story about how... You know, everyone was like, oh, my God, you were, you know, 19, 20 years old, and what were you thinking or whatever? And this just, just to give you uh, an example of different mentalities, he couldn't wait. He's like, I couldn't wait to show people how good I was, right? And here I was, uh-oh, you know, like, this is a celebration of sorts, but really, you know, it's a job, and you need to go out there and, you know, do what's expected of you. You need to perform. Yeah, and, and, and you're not 19. Yeah, and I'm you're not 19, and so there's the whole, like, oh, my gosh, and everybody's going to want to assume, like, you don't deserve to be here, and, 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 and so you don't want to do anything that would give credence to that. And so it, it, I was pretty tight Yeah. just in terms of, you know, the actual hockey part of it. Yeah, well, and, I mean, and uh, in in your, your NHL career, obviously the John Scott fight, mm-hmm. huge – Michigan Tech alumni. I'm a mm-hmm. Michigan Tech guy. Um, that was that was that was cool on many levels. I mean, uh, puts a smile on my face right now because yeah. I, I watched it before I am. But uh, um, how how cool was that? I mean, and and John's uh, he's a great guy great too. Guy. Great, great guy, guy too. Hey, Just real gracious. Interrupt there. If you tell us a story, can you uh, start with the story during warm up too? Because yeah. you guys chatted during warm up as well. Yeah. No, I wish I wish I could say he was a jerk and, and feel like great about it and really good about it. But he's not. <laughs> yeah. He's like a really smart dude and you know uh, big time girl dad. I think he has four or five girls. Yeah. And, uh, very smart guy too. Um, 
All the guys who go to tech yeah. are like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> clearly. <laughs> except for the except for the business majors, yeah. which I, I am one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. yeah. he's but, an engineer. But uh, you know, for me, that game, I was up with another guy that kind of liked to do that stuff, and and it was understood that that was going to be my uh, opportunity that day, and so it obviously, you know, the other guy or protagonist or pugilist, whatever that pr- uh, term is, is, was him. And um, they also had a guy named uh, Zenon Kanopka, who's a very tough customer too. But he was more looked at as a middleweight kind of guy, and in one of those kind of, you know, instigator, disturber types. And um, you know, I think I was old enough and honest enough to know that if I went and just chose the lesser, that I was going to get no credit. And uh, you know, anybody who knows would have been like, uh, "Wow, you, you got there and you didn't, you know, you didn't do what everybody was hoping you would do, or, or you didn't step to the." to the real man you know right. so um um it, it was interesting because you know i had a relationship with their coach you know uh he was out of work for a few years and he was coaching like latvia and uh, he had some stud sun hockey players and the one being jordan nolan was a big time stud coming in and that's how i got called up because jordan came in with a guy named dwight king who also had a pretty good career i think they ended up win- winning two cups with Stan- uh, the kings playing that a really solid second third line yeah. role and they were bigger stronger tougher players from junior but they wanted them to be hockey players not not enforcers and so um if people were going to be looking to them to do that every night then you know their development was going to be a little um you know i would say affected right and so they needed someone to kind of come in and take that burden off of them because obviously they'd have been the ones that you would have looked to you know on a saturday night in binghamton yeah and uh (laughs) you know they they need those guys to play you know yeah but i mean looking at your career I guess you're you're known you're known kind of for that, yeah. uh, but I will say, um, and I played against you. I mind you, it was uh, alumni hockey, the right. Gomez alumni yeah. high school thing, which is great. Uh, but you can play. I mean, you, you're not just you're not just a guy out there. I mean, cause I've seen some fighters that, that can't stick handle, they mm-hmm. can't skate, they can't do anything. I mean, you're, you're a player. Yeah. You know, you're a player. I mean, I looked up uh, your UA stats. I looked up all, all your stats. I got mm-hmm. the uh, sheet yeah. right there. I got oh, a handsome yeah. guy. Hockey DB. Dude, I mean... A lot that, of zeros that, on there. Is that, no, Andre, but, is that, is that um, Andre or is that JJ? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Um, yeah, it, it's it just you're you're a player, not not just a not just an enforcer. But yeah. speaking of enf- an enforcement, uh, what are your thoughts on like the current state of the game? And we've talked about this before on this podcast, um, kind of with the youth hockey movement and kind of the ho- movement in general, taking it to the even the NHL. Yeah, less hitting. Uh, oh, sorry, I can't say that. You can't call it hitting anymore. Yeah. I guess that's what bullies do. Yeah. Uh, Checking. Yeah. Um, I'm old school, as mm-hmm. you know. Um, but what are your thoughts on on the where the game's going in terms of that? In terms yeah. of no checking, no well, fighting. Well, I definitely have an opinion on that, and there's words for it. But I'll, I'll maybe maybe a little later, I'll loosen up and, and, and use them. But <laughs> back to that day, real quick, before I go to that, is that um, I was encouraged not to try to fight John. You know, he was six foot nine, two hundred and seventy yeah. pounds. Big, big and fella. And so, you know, why don't you just, you know talk to somebody else but you know i knew better and so when we got out there for warm-ups you know i said great video i said to him i said hey john uh, i I mean you know disrespect or whatever but like you and i got a fight today and he's just like oh yeah and i go yeah man and he goes well my coach said he likes you too much and doesn't want to see me beat you up (laughs) oh my god and uh i'm just like oh my god you know the music's playing and you know i'm trying to manage my emotions or whatever and you know got to purvey some sort of 
ominous aura. Uh, and I'm like, no, no, no. Like, we got to, man. Like, you know, I'm going to be chasing you around and doing whatever, go. whatever I got to do. So I'm just just letting you know. Like, you know what I mean? So it's not going to be by surprise. Like, I'm giving you fair, fair notification mm-hmm. that, like, I want this. You know what I mean? And so, you know, that giving him the time, then he can prepare. Uh, yeah. Whatever, do whatever he needs to do mentally to kind of prepare for it. So really, I'd, thinking about it now, I probably shouldn't have done stuff like that. You know, but a lot of times I would just make it known in warm-ups. Hey, man, like, I'm feeling it. I hope you are, too. Yeah. If you're not, you're going to get embarrassed. Here's the warning you know shot. I mean? Here's yeah. the warning shot. Here we go. And uh, so, you know, we, we, we got out there. And, and uh, it's interesting because you normally call out the centerman. And in this case, the coach kicked me in my back. And it's like everybody knew it was my chance. And everybody was so happy for me. And they were so excited I was going to get an opportunity at that level, you know, because I'd kind of done what I needed to do. You know, you know, I did what Garth Snow told me to do when I got the training camp. And, you know, I was a good citizen and he didn't want Anders Lee or Strom messed with at all. And, uh, you know, I took I took that personal and and, and Brent Thompson being who he was, um, you know, I wanted to make him proud and do him right. And, and, you know, Brent Brent was the assistant there at that. time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I had other, you know, off ice things that I was dealing with that probably lended itself to that to that role where I, I was angry you know and had a girlfriend back home that didn't uh, just didn't seem to kind of understand you know or maybe, maybe she was kind of who knows uh, yeah and uh so having a violent uh tendency was was was, was you know it, it was a I was coming with a little bit of extra that year I, I would say and so you know for me it, it worked out and everybody was like oh my god I can't believe you did that and they're so impressed but they don't realize to be underneath somebody is actually uh tactical advantage you know what i mean someone who bends their knees and is a little more athletic and got a lower center of gravity is going to be able to absorb things and like tyson gonna, you're also going to be able to get off on you too yeah but if you're dealing with a guy who's super tall and going to be a little bit upright you know he's going to be hitting down at you he's not going to be bending his knees he's not going to be twisting or rotating his weight into you you know you just got to get through a few of those you know hammer punches right. if, if you will but you know, if you're underneath him, you can just grab onto him, get into his chest, and you just get to hold on and ride that donkey. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so it worked out, and, um, you know, we did the dance, and it, and it was – it just – it couldn't have gone any better. Oh, no. It could not have gone <laughs> any better. And at that time, and your next question, you know, all it does is just sets the tone for the rest of the game. It was a 0-0 game on a Sunday. People got to find a reason to want to, you know, it's the end of the season. People need to find some kind of tap into something. Yeah, we got to play a hockey game. You know, we're not going to the playoffs, but at the same time, like, there's 18,000 people here, and, and we're in the NHL. And uh, Yeah, and they all paid to watch. Yeah. yeah. And, the and intangibles that yeah. no one. Yeah. What, what role did Brett Thompson have getting you there? He was pretty much, you know, um, obviously at, at that level, um, practice intensity, professionalism. Um, off ice attention to you know you know working out in the weight room um, the way you are around your teammates um, having an older player around that is nurturing he had that experience with me here in Alaska and so I think obviously he had a uh, he had an audience with Gar Snow and said I have someone that would be phenomenal for us at that level because obviously I'm not there I wasn't brought there to play in the NHL um, if you can earn your spot and kind of earn a call up, you know, you'd be given that opportunity, but that's not under the, I wasn't brought in under those auspices. Like, Hey, we're going to need you to play some games this year. It was like, we need you to be a good, 
a good soldier, a good teammate, do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it, uh, and be a humble uh, cheerleader. And then when you got to answer the bell, answer the bell, you know, show up. And so that's kind of how I got there. But, you know, we're talking about setting the tone and energy and things like that. You know, now everything is so analytical. And what you saw happening, I think, was you had the Rick Rippon uh, guy tragically pass away. Yep. Wade Belak yep. passed away. Uh, it's unclear kind of. Derek, Bu- Derek Bugard. Uh, yeah, Derek Bugard. Um, was it Montador, the guy who played for the um, – Maybe not Monador, but there's a guy who played for the Blackhawks who also died a few years oh, ago. He's shoot. a defenseman. Uh, I, I forget, but, you know, well-received teammate. Well, Probert, yeah. Probert yeah. died. Probert yeah. died. And so you had a lot of, like, and this was all bang, 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 yeah. like within two or three years. Um, and things are starting to come out just about, you know, the effects on these guys. And then things are getting analytical where it's like, well, other teams are kind of getting away from it because they're a little more competitive. And so they weren't, they weren't, they didn't have that element in their lineup. And so if, if 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 we're playing tonight and you've got it and I don't or whatever, well, uh, I guess you've got one less able-bodied player that can get up and down the rink, maybe score a goal, um, you know, kill penalties. And so that's already an advantage. And so just that became more and more of a trend. Um, you know, you got a guy that might play four to six minutes. Yeah. What can you do in those four to six minutes except fight and maybe just be a presence? Or you could put a guy in the lineup – that can play 10 to 14 minutes and can kill penalties and can you can you can put him out there Stamkos and it's or or Crosby and it's going to be okay you know what I mean we're not going to be hurting right so um, and then of course with the uh, substance abuse and, and the you know all these tragic events and then uh, you know guys are guys are guys are I don't think guys are quite as tough as the as the good old day guys because yep. you know things got a little more tactical or whatever but you had some guys that were training. And that's, I mean, they were just, I mean, like prize fighters and some people who maybe didn't train, uh, in that respect, you know, doing MMA, doing things to, for balance and being able to be, you know, throw punches the way they're intended to. Right. We grew up watching just wild rock em, yeah. sock em events. Now you got guys that are tactically figuring out how to grab you and how to put you in a real, a real precarious situation. And if and you're not trained for it and I am or whatever, there's more of a chance you're going to get hurt. And so people started getting hurt. You know, you had guys like Steve McIntyre that were knocking people out, and while they were falling, they were blowing out their MCLs right. and needed help off the rink, and nobody wanted to see that. No one wants to see that. You know what I mean? Like, in the 80s and the early 90s, when you see guys duke it out and they both go to the penalty box, it's great. But then when you see guys that are literally need to be helped off the rink. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin excess Superman punching people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who and, was I, your bo- I, and I enjoy that too because that guy was—he's like a knee bomb specialist, oh, and he no. deserved it. Uh, who was who your boxing coach locally? Um, locally, it was Luke Ramber. Luke Ramber was uh, one of the uh, groomsmen in my wedding. Great, he's one of my one uh, of my best friends and uh, Dub's boxing coach. And yeah. uh, all he ever talks about this is the way JJ does it. Blah blah. blah. Yeah, no, just and you, you need you need that guy who knows you too because when they know you, they know he they loves can push you. you. He yeah. loves you, and he has nothing but good things to say about you. And, and we and we did some things that were probably like not, I shouldn't say probably but definitely out of my realm yeah. you know out of, out of my scope of understanding right. well like and bring in like wearing your jersey yeah like he would have you wear your jersey and you guys work on the jersey jab and stuff like that he was saying so but just you know being able to, to have that um, cadence of uh, throwing combos discipline about your hands and and, and balance and uh, thing, things like you know, so I'm, I'm like awesome. I'm like 30 years old man like I just don't want to get killed <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean but I needed that because what would happen was as soon as I would show up I would just obliterate people 
and then after you know because you're you're active and you just came from you know hanging out with luke three or four times for a month straight two or three times a week and i was ready to go you know i'm in shape i'm fired up as the season goes on it gets less and less frequent or whatever and you're not as sharp but um you know, God bless someone like that. I and mean, there's lots of people that we meet in just random spots that bring something to your life that makes a real impact. And Luke, 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 Luke definitely did that. Just great coach. And he knew me well enough, respected me well enough to kind of like really, I mean, there was times like we worked out with Louie and there were tremendous workouts, you know, Scott and Joey Crab and everybody, uh, Brian, so all these guys. Um, but man, there's times I could barely get myself home after those those sessions with Luke. Yeah. I would be, I'd have my, my, my head resting on the steering wheel trying to just make it home. I'd be so exhausted. My hands would stink because I had to wear somebody else's freaking wraps and stuff. And that sucked. Yeah. But Pre-COVID. You know, I had yeah. to deal yeah, with yeah, it. Exactly. I had to, had to, had to do it. But, uh, L- yeah. Luke is, Luke is one of my all-time best friends. Yeah. Like I said, he was a groomsman in my wedding and I talked to Luke regularly. Now, a lot of people don't know, but he was the, uh, do you remember we had Thursday night at the fights? Oh yeah, he was heavyweight champ two two years in Those a row, great, and and, uh, and he knocked out a couple big Samoan guys. Yeah. I mean, big guys. He's just such a funny, down to earth guy. Oh yeah, he's and, gonna love to hear this. Oh, and he's and he's a passionate guy. Too. Oh, and uh, another guy, man. If Maybe we in, should get him on. <laughs> he's another guy. Like yeah. if he's in your corner, oh man, you got the wind at your sails. He was the guy yeah, that was behind yeah. me. The you remember your bar? Well, you probably didn't have bar years. I had bar years. He was my guy mm-hmm. he was with me from yeah. the from the time we left the house until the time that they said hey you know yeah. grab walt take him home he's headed off you know? yeah you he got, was he was walt's an idiot yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you walt's, could you could you could afford to do that too guy. with a guy like walt, that walt's got, walt's got a quick witty tongue yeah 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 you know what i mean that's really all you yeah. need and yeah. luke, ha- and luke yeah. has the heavy hands so yeah. it helped out okay and so i don't know if that answers your question but, <laughs> but uh you know just i think that the the you know people stand for a fight a goal in the anthem but I just think it got to a point where it just it wasn't um, you know in the minor league you needed it, but in the, in the NHL you really didn't. Right. You know you well, need you need players that can stand up and play and handle themselves if they need to and protect their teammates. But you don't need a, a T Rex in the lineup anymore. Well, that, that's a, that's a, one of the questions I had. What what are the you've played in both AHL and the NHL? Um, and and just to, to your point on on guys getting hurt, I mean, you, you never want to see guys get hurt. And this this latest thing of like you know guys like Mike Peluso, um, Scott Parker. I mean, they're they're not they're not uh, they're struggling, mm-hmm. man. Uh, and I don't know what um, you know the, the the root cause is, whether it's getting hit hit too much or just a mental side of mm-hmm. fighting. But how much um, how much difference is there in the AHL and the NHL? And just from an outsider, never played in the AHL and NHL. It seems like the AHL a little more nasty, a little more, yeah, a little more gritty. Well, guys, maybe. guys, maybe Less, they're trying a little harder, right? They're right. one, they're they're one step the, away. Yeah, exactly. So the it is. That's that's a great question because in the minors, and Scott can't really tell you about the minors because obviously, what's that like? I could tell you. What's that like? The minors. What's that like? Riding buses and whatnot, but in the minors, you're playing in small towns. Maybe in some of the towns have gotten better and bigger and brighter in terms of whatever, but you have it's way more of a free for all in terms of the spectrum of players, right? Age wise, ability, uh, where they're from. You know, you got guys from coming over from Europe, never been here, don't speak the language, and boom, all of a sudden they got to get off the bus in Bridgeport, Connecticut on a Sunday afternoon, <laughs> and Brent Gallant and I are out there like booing at them and, and barking or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, you better have a guy on your team to quell that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if I am 
Reed McDonald, I'm the general manager of the Los Angeles Kings, and I've got three or four really fancy players, but they're not quite ready for the, the you know the NHL yet, and I need them to develop. I need them to go to those places in the rink where they have to go to be successful. And if they're scared out of their mind, they're not going to play the game. They're right. going to play the game with fear, right? and uh, they're not going to develop. And then they're going to get passed on the road, and you see things not work out for you, and then they end up back in Europe, or they just end up out of the game. And so you need you need you need some kind of force to to, to keep maintain a balance. Yeah. Because we have to play a hockey game. But you know, like I said, if 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 Brett and I get off the bus in your town, and you don't have someone that can deal with us, it's it's bad gonna be, news it's for gonna you. Be, it's gonna be a long night. <laughs> Not gonna end well. It's gonna be a long night because yeah. our coach is gonna throw us out there a bunch in the first period. We're gonna get maybe a f- few extra shifts than we normally would. Just because he's going to take advantage Get in of their that. Head. Yeah, and go, his job is to win. We're going to go to the net, and we're going to create some kind of energy where we're going to do whatever we want tonight. Right. You know, and now your defensemen are scared. They don't want to go back and get a puck. Right. You know what I mean? Your centerman, he doesn't want to have to go back there and stick his nose in there and have to pull out those loose pucks and get up ice. Right. right. Then, you know, now everybody's on their heels, you know, and then, and then you've got uh, maybe you've got a player that's a checker. And that's 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 how he wants to make it. He wants to make it as a high energy guy that's going to finish his hits and whatever. And I'm going to come say to you, throw one hit tonight. Yeah, let's go. You know, and you're young and you don't have somebody over your shoulder like he's going to do whatever he wants to. He's going to play the game. You're not, you and me can have a little conversation, right? If they don't have that, the coach is going to look at you and be like, "Hey, Johnny, you don't want to play tonight." Well, not I mean, really. at that <laughs> point, at that point, <laughs> the coach knows. Really. Yeah. Do I have to? Hammy, so, <laughs> so in the minors, it's critical to development. It's critical to the game being played in the most um, purest of form. You know what I mean? We're going to play a hockey game. It's not going to be a you know uh, bad news bears or well, exactly. Or you you say purest of form. Now I, I always said it. And I've said this before. It's like when you boil the game down. Mm-hmm. To me. It's NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Mm-hmm. It becomes gritty, nasty, yeah. tooth and nail type of stuff. Where maybe regular season isn't that like that. Maybe yeah. it is, but when you boil it down, it it's not a nice game. It's mm-hmm. not a you know, try and tell that player you're a coach now too. Mm-hmm. You try and tell that players it's not a nice game. I mean, no. nice players don't go too far in this yeah. game unless you're Scott Gomez, yeah, guy like that. I mean, that's just truth. And uh, you know, sometimes I like to think I'm speaking well and explaining things, but you get a guy like Brian Swanson on here who played in the NHL, played in Europe. And then comes home because he wants to play for his hometown, Alaska Aces. I know for a fact he dealt with things he'd never, ever dealt with. Oh, yeah. His whole life playing hockey, coming back to play in this league and dealing with idiots like me, like just, you know, making you feel like, you know what? Like, hey, I I don't respect you so much I won't touch you. Right. Or won't mess with you or right. F with you a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm just going to try to get you to mail it in as soon as possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because then, you know what, I look good to my coach. My team is uh, sitting a little bit taller on the bench, if you will. Uh, we're going to go to the net as hard as we want to, and we're going to bury guys as, 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 as ruthlessly as I we want it. to. And it's, it, it, it is a, a mental – it makes a real impact on the game. And uh, I, I think it just keeps the game honest when you have – in that level, you have, okay, we have a guy to deal with you or whatever. But what you, what you saw happening, too, was – it got to a point to where it's a developmental league, the East Coast League and the American League. If we're in Bridgeport and, um, you know, Brett and I aren't out there, well, then you don't have to play your guy. Right. And really that's that's a good thing because chances are you've got a guy that you've drafted or you've signed as a free agent or amateur, whatever, signing out of college or junior. You need him to play. Right. And so it's just a whole um, wave of, of – 
of influences in, in terms of, and that's kind of what's washed it out of the game, um, if you will. Big time, and that, that, that's what people. I mean, the stuff you're talking about that people don't realize. People see, people see the bad part of it. <clears throat> guys getting hurt, which again, no one wants to see a guy freaking sleeping on the ice after a fight. Yeah. You want them to guys get up and you know high five or nug where they do nowadays and and go about their business and. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the whole the whole code mm-hmm. of how you uh, how it operates and um, yeah I'm I I myself am a big uh, proponent of checking and uh, physical play that's mm-hmm. just how I was brought up yeah. and uh, and as a player moving forward out of Alaska going into college um, yeah you had to I had to adjust my game I wasn't the guy with the puck in my stick on mm-hmm. the power play I was the guy out there high energy you crushing play, guys you got to you got to play a role you got to play, play a role, role. Like, that's it all, all these guys don't play. That, all these guys you're playing with they're the best guy from their team yeah mm-hmm. they're all the best guy so if you're not the best guy anymore you got to figure out something else but I, I I don't know I just I really like what JJ said about just you know he you know maintaining order like making sure that everybody on the game can play and and I love the part like if, if you're not going to send somebody out to take care of me then we're going to have our way with you and, mm-hmm. I, and and I think that's a tactical advantage oh, do you think there's a point uh where this is going to change back to the old ways or do you think it's over for I, I I think it's over and and you can so imagine too like if you were if you were playing that role and you got the night off man that was great you know what I mean I'm going to just play, play hockey, hockey and try to score a goal all that anxiety that I had the night before or the whole week leading up to it knowing we were playing is all gone. I get to relax and try to score a goal. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was that that was great. And you know, there's times when, you know, I'd I'd try to get I'd you know, I was old but still hungry and I'd be trying to go after older guys that had kinda already been through it and had already been sent down at this point and I'd kinda try to wanna get things going with them because you wanna put them on your stat sheet, like I fought this guy, I fought that guy. And I had a couple of guys in different ways say, Don't you just wanna play? And, and and it would I I I would just be stuck. Yeah. Well. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 I do. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah. go, yeah. Isn't hockey fun? And I'd be like, and they were trying to disarm me or whatever. But I'd be like, no. But we need to, you know, like we're losing right now. Well, so I, it, so it's either it's either you and I fight, it, it, and it's weird. It would be a negotiation. So when you see these conversations in the rink, it's like, all right. So you don't want to fight? Okay. If you don't fight. You know my coach put me out here for a reason with you out here. So what I'm going to do, because I don't want to be in trouble and I don't want to get cut, I'm going to go run him mm-hmm. right now. Oh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> okay. I go run him, and then that guy be like, damn it. Now you we got to fight. So I was like, either, either, yeah. either, either you deal with me right now or there's a spotlight on you because everybody sees me asking you to fight right now. And if you don't fight me right now off this draw and you let me go bury your guy and knock him out of the game or whatever or change – to pace the game because now momentum switches or whatever. Now we own you. Now we own the rink. So, you know, and I don't want to get too far off track. When you were talking about hitting or body checking, um, tell me this. Like now when we see a big hit, you know, we'd see people get blown up and growing up and be like, wow. Yeah. And we'd be in a – but tell me if now when you see a, like a nasty hit, if you're just not like – and I'm ashamed to admit this, but I think this is just society, you know, because like I said, we talked about guys being more trained specialized in throwing punches yeah. and, and frankly a lot more dangerous you know but now like with the speed and the leverage and how explosive guys are you anybody who gets a chance to walk into an NHL locker room these guys are ex- you can just see it in their underwear these yeah. guys can just jump out of their skates yeah. I mean just that you can their cores are so built up they're they're coming off of their hips yeah you know what I mean mm-hmm. and uh, you know people get knocked out 
Yeah. You know, and, and, and this it's a debate all the time about, like, you think people weren't knocked out then? Yeah, they, they may have, but maybe it re- maybe it's true. Guys are just getting hit harder. Oh, absolutely. You know, so I'm just wondering, like, if you see if you see an egregious hit, if you as a father or whatever aren't just like. Well, they're not getting held you, up in the neutral zone. Yeah. You're not, hold, you're not hooking yeah. guys and holding guys up. Guys are going faster True. and they're stronger. True. But you're they took those out of the game for a guy like me, mm-hmm. a smaller guy, to be able to hook a guy and hold him up a little yep. bit and, and uh, mitigate some of that stuff. Yeah. But now guys are flying through unscathed mm-hmm. with their heads down a lot of the time, and mm-hmm. you can't take liberties. My dad was a huge hitter mm-hmm. and huge um, proponent of that t- style of play. I only imagine what he's thinking right now of yeah. his <laughs> beloved well, game. The, the thing <laughs> that drives but, me nuts is when there's a nice, clean, solid body check, and then there's a fight. It's like, well, why is there a fight? Yeah. Why is there, why is there a fight? The guy skated through the neutral zone with his head down. Mm-hmm. He got blown up. Why is why is someone have to fight for that? Right. You know, I, I don't like that. But I'm telling you, and we've discussed it several times in this podcast. USA Hockey's trying to take body contact out of amateur hockey. Period. Yeah. They, that they really are, and you know it because you're a coach yeah. and you see it. Yeah. No. And it's read two. Yeah. It's the game has changed, and uh, in the past ten yeah. years, it's changed. Now in the playoffs. Oh, I think it's still different. best it's still, hockey. It's still, it's still yeah. genuine. Or, or, it's still let's go get them. Or the World Juniors. Yeah. Still, they still hit each other there. But uh, check, check each other. Yeah. Check. It, it, it. The new it, USA hockey thing that yeah. they sent out this year is hitting is what bullies do. Yeah. yeah. But checking is separating man from puck. And it, it, it's almost like having a political argument. Yep. It's like there's no so coaching. You'd see a player that was a little more physically confident knock another player off the puck just yep. because he's stronger and sturdier on his skates. And he get a penalty, and I really struggled mm-hmm. with that <laughs> coaching. Like I, I did too. I did like, too. Like reward, reward, reward the guy who initiates. Don't, 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 don't punish people who want it. Yeah. Right. And us are are heavier, and and people who aren't, they need to learn that lesson. And like bullying in some form is is good. Now cyberbullying obviously is something that just is <laughs> yeah. completely yeah. like there's just but that's the scourge of social media and all that cyber stuff, but I think the, the going through that hierarchy in your neighborhood, pecking order in your school, yes. people need to yes. learn that. Yes. You don't get to act like that. Right. Or you better you better have been here a little while. Yep. And have some clout. Now it's like, well, what do you mean? Like, uh, yep. you know, you got rookies that touch the radio. Right. What? <laughs> yeah, not happening. Do you know what I mean? Not you got happening. rookie. You got rookies who think they can just walk back to the back of the bus. No. Oof. Well, you got rookies that think they can get on the the, the massage table yeah. before that ten year vet does. Yeah. You know it. it it's uh, you know that entitlement thing. Entitlement and, huge. And when he's talking about the checking, it's like, well, little Michael doesn't want to play if they're hitting, and so it's come down to money. Yeah. USA Hockey can't have, they can't see these numbers because, you know, they're an organization predicated on, you know, membership and, you know, subscriptions and things like that and having kids just quit the game before. You know, I never thought about it. You're 100% right. Little Johnny doesn't want to be checked. Yeah. And I I don't believe it anyway, so Little Johnny's not going to play hockey this year. Yeah, I don't want to go him. That's a good point. We've never never discussed it from that angle. Great point. Like, yeah, if USA Hockey loses their numbers... Then they lose their money right. and their registration and everything else. Yeah. Well, if they don't want to hit, you go play house. Yeah, yeah go play house. There's, cause cause there's no hit hitting house. in house now. Yeah. It's the same You should thing. see these kids get in high school hockey. They show up and they're playing 16 house, mm-hmm. and they show up in a high school game, and you, you're going against a 16 AAA player, and they're skating through the neutral zone with their head down. Sharks mm-hmm. in the water. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's on, blood in the water. On a bigger scale, yeah. look at what's happening with football, right, and youth football. Right? It's the same exact thing. 
right? The, the boy, I think the boys and girls clubs football program is done, yep. and now it's all just Pop Warner, which is based off solely of like, uh, like good your fe- good feelings. Yeah, mm-hmm. good feelings. You gotta. You, I think you can't play if uh, you're over a certain weight. You know, in youth football and stuff like that, and then I think you got to play certain positions and stuff like that if uh, you're certain size, which it it to a degree is good, but well, it's it's you see it all all the way up to the NFL. Well, and it's it, the same and what's JJ's talking about the the uh, the pecking order? And uh, Walt, you can speak to this. I know uh, um, uh, when you show up on a on, on a asphalt crew. Uh, and you're an 18 year old. Let's say you're a hockey stud, agent hockey stud. They don't give a shit. Give a fuck they don't give who a you fuck are. who you are. It's like, dude, no, that's ain't fuck. That's how the world works, bro. Exactly. This is how the world works. And either I said, go get me a sandwich you, out of my cooler. I will like <laughs> you when you when when you uh, earn you know it. You, earn, you earn it. You, you earn it. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I that, earned. I earned huge. it. I earned it behind a shovel. You go earn it behind a yeah. shovel. Exactly. Yeah. But you, and they make it sound. I mean, they're able to pretend that it's all about you know public you know safety or what. It is about safety, but it's because it's affecting the bottom line. And, uh, that's uh, a, and I that's, think that's a that's, fair that's, argument that we've never we've never attacked that angle, and yeah. I think that I really like that. Maybe we should have uh, Asha president on that <laughs> discuss that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, they need kids to play the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you want kids to play the game. Mm-hmm. You want it to be popular. I mean, let's face it. We can say the game is what it is, but we all it's still the best game mm-hmm. out there for yeah. a lot of different reasons. And this is just leaking into so many things. That just uh, really oh, we me, could talk for you know, for yeah. hours. Just, well, I've I've got I've got to want to switch gears here a little bit. Um, uh, you played at UAA, mm-hmm. and uh, is it true you, you you walked on at UAA? Yes, sir. Yep. My man. Oh yeah. I walked on at Michigan Tech. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that happens so much anymore for many reasons, but um, you played for John Hill. Yes, sir. Yeah. And Shyak for yep. one year. Yep. Shyak for my last year. Um, I well, I guess. What is what? What's it like playing hockey, D one hockey in your hometown? Oh man, uh, it was awesome. Yeah, it, it just awesome. You know, your home. Um, you know, comfort is a thing that we all, as human beings, are always constantly trying to look for comfort. And, you know, and, and uh, so there was that, um, and then opportunity. You know, it's like, well, yeah, everybody wants to play from Michigan, Maine, Minnesota. You know, Providence, Denver. You know, Colorado College, but. Um, it was in a legitimate league, um, competitive league, and a league that was at that time considered to be the best. Yeah. And you're getting to do it for your hometown team. And, um, you know, yeah, there was some uh, something you could you could hang your hat on a little bit. Big time. You didn't have to be ashamed, like, oh, I had to come home. Play, like, you know, you know hey, I um, would have loved to have been a full scholarship guy. Yeah. Right? But you learn as you get older. You take what you can get, and if you got the right attitude, you can make the most of it. It's It's really up to you. And so... You know, we weren't a super skilled program, and so that was after I came in his second year. So he had gone through the trials of the first year, and he lost his better players, Mike Scott and Zapperzan and um, Saigon and guys like that. The last thing he needed was another plug like me on scholarship because that's what his lineup was full of. It was full of a bunch of guys that really didn't have a lot of stick skill, and right. and they were on scholarship, eating up a lot of that money that he needed to go that's get. That's the thing. You can go, play. Yeah. You, you were a player. You weren't You yeah. weren't just, I, I wouldn't say a plug. You, yeah. you were a player. I just didn't have that um, that reputation. I mean, right. I had a reputation for being, you know, get around the rink and not scared to be physical and, 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 and uh, you know, could handle the puck and shoot it and, and, and be intense. I think that yeah. was my that was my calling card. It was, it was intensity. Um, you know, being a hardworking, energetic, 
uh, player yeah, you, that was you punched the clock when you yeah, came to work. Yeah, yeah. like like to hit. And, yeah, and love it. That's how kind of I, I set the it. tone. And so he's like, "Yeah, man, I'd love to give you a scholarship, but I'm just I'm not. And if you earn it, then then I'll give you one." And uh, you know, I was blessed that he 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 he, uh, he gave me his word. But to play for him in his hometown just made it better. Yeah, because he cared. Yeah, and he cared more about me because I was from his hometown. His hometown. Big time. And so, as a 39-year-old guy or whatever, there's lots of part. There's lots of this that you don't appreciate until you're older and understand. Um, you know, because you're young and it's like, oh my God, I'm just worried about you know how you're treating me and what you're giving me, what you're not giving me, blah blah blah. Um, but if someone's giving you opportunity and they're sp- even speaking to you, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you got a chance. Right, so I'm mean, gonna yeah. have to get that basic or, or down to. And point. how how was the change from going from Hill to Shyak? Um, that's another thing, rabbit hole. Just <laughs> the, the, the yeah, the, I'm, I'm gonna say the, it right now. I'm not a huge Shyak guy. Yeah, no, the the and you know, the university was not functioning well. It still isn't functioning well, no. obviously. And um, you know, this is the only place in the world um, like it of its kind in a in a grand, huge you can't even believe it type scale but when it comes to you know bureaucracy and things like that we just we're horrible you know what i mean mediocrity is accepted and yeah. tolerated and no one wants to upset the status quo and so you just had a lot of things or just coach Hill just couldn't he couldn't stomach he couldn't go through anymore and so he had to leave and um you know hockey just wasn't being um you know prioritized yeah the way admi- it administrated been. the way it should be yeah. and uh, lots of this will come out in years but we don't have to get too much into it but and the zero N- zero support from the admin. yeah the N- zero the nchc and the big 10 hockey conference are in large part due to uh dr steve cobb <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. these 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 uh administrators from minnesota and denver and some of these coaches like lucia and guazdecki these 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 guys that were mountains in uh amateur hockey were just sick and tired of dealing with a program and people like this yeah um it costs money to go up there it costs i gotta i gotta leave an extra day ahead of time to go up there so it's extra stress on the athletes it's extra stress on the coaches you know um you know and then of course you know what's important well what we pretend is most important is you know the education part of it right and um so you know (laughs) it uh I, i wish all that was better and then I think Dave Shack probably would have had a better experience here. Yeah. Uh, I still think he, for him it probably was great because he got to be a head coach. And uh, you, you hope that kind of springboards you uh, onto the next thing. But just in terms of, you know, being a hockey guy, he's a great hockey guy. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Great player. You know, um, a dude you'd have, you know, obviously you're not drinking with your coach, but a guy you definitely have drinks with. Right. Uh, a guy you respect. Um, but this is a tough place to be a hockey coach. And I think you found out with, with uh, Matt Thomas. Yeah, like yeah. He, com- he, comes up, he, co- he comes up here after being just phenomenal, putting together those those really good teams in Stockton. And you guys been to Stockton, California? Yeah. Oh God. And he was able to find ways to put good teams in the rink and be competitive. And he comes to UAA, and everyone's got hope, high hopes. Like, oh my God, we finally got you know whatever, and Cobb's not around, and this and that. And, and I don't want to seem you know insensitive to Cobb because he's uh, no longer with us or whatever, but. Uh, you know, so I don't want to be disrespectful, but uh, you know, we had a new AD and we had a new slate, kind of. Yeah. Um, but we just never figured out, you know, things that they got going on lower forty eight in terms of management and how things are run and being dynamic. We just haven't had up here, unfortunately. And so he comes up here and he has the experience he has, 
and uh, you know probably feeling like man I don't know if I know how to coach anymore right but then he gets a job with Cincinnati Cyclones and he's the coach, <laughs> coach of the year, the yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. and I love that for him that's so no, awesome such I a good love, dude. I love such a good and look guy. at the current guy yeah. like uh, the current guy's great I don't know if you know yeah. if you've met yeah. him but awesome he's, guy he, oh, awesome guy awesome coach he just coached was it the 17 mm-hmm. US team development yep. team yep. He, and now all of a sudden they take his rink away yeah. They move them to the practice rink, mm-hmm. so now a lot of your tools to to navigate, to, you know, recruiting yeah. and stuff like that, they're gone. Yeah, and and so he's like, shit, I took this job. So it's kind of like exactly what you just said. You hope that he can take this and turn it into a springboard where he gets that next yeah. job, and he is the coach of the year wherever he goes because that guy's. Uh, I really like that curly guy yeah. a lot. I think yeah. he's. Uh, I think he's good for the program. And God, if we could just uh. keep our kids here. Oh, you know, I, I hate it for the program or whatever, but you know, if he were to just, you know, pick up and leave town or whatever, man, I would, I would, I would, I would applaud him because he really like is a great hockey coach. Oh. His players love him. Yep. You talk to him, you spend time with him. The guy is a coach. Yep. He's a coach. Um, and he will be a coach. And I just hope that, uh, you know, as we all know, you you have a bad turn, you know. Yep. Then you all of a sudden you end up doing something completely different because it didn't work out. You know, yep. a guy like Jack Cole, phenomenal hockey yeah. coach, great great presence behind the bench. He's got the swag, he's got the mojo, he's got everything, he's got the know how. Watching him drop drills, like he just knew what he was doing. He could recruit, and he had something about him where you wanted to buy into. You want you wanted to impress him. You wanted to the it. You wanted to, um, you know, perform for him. And you have a bad experience up here, and all of a sudden, you know, a guy like that's out of the game. Same thing with Keith Morris. Right. You know what I mean? These guys were really Chemo. good. They were really good at what they do. The best hockey players that ever played at UAA, yeah. you know, after Dean Larson and, and that glory day, were brought in by Keith and uh, Jack. Right. Curtis Glencross. Yeah. You know, uh, Alesh Perez. Yeah, yeah uh, Glencross, uh, captain of uh, yeah. Calgary when he finished. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, be- the the literally the most legit you know, Jay Beagle, you know, all these guys were recruited. He by, would be, Jay yeah. Beagle would probably be one of my first picks yeah. if I were ever given one pick to have a hockey team. Mm-hmm. That guy was unreal. Like, yep. I, I was, I remember watching the game seven of the Stanley Cup. There's 40 seconds left or whatever, and there's mm-hmm. a face off in the D zone, and off comes Ovechkin and Backstrom, and on comes yep. Jay Beagle yeah. to take the face off. It yep. was unreal. And I maybe seen Beagle four or five times the whole rest of the game. And he left UAA because he wanted to be a hockey player. He came in, you know, obviously Shaq was the coach. Things weren't really going that well. And uh, I was with the Idaho Steelheads, and they needed a centerman. Did he come? And and uh, his dad runs a garage back in Calgary. And he's just <laughs> like, you know, if I, don't, if I don't make a hockey player, I'm just going to go be a mechanic and run my dad's shop. Like that was – it. it was that right. simple for That's him. That's the work ethic that, It was that simple yeah. for him. So he got that phone call from the Steelheads, and he left after his sophomore year. Unreal. And he ended up in the NHL, uh, God willing, obviously. But things like that were happening up here. You know huh. what I mean? And there's a lot of, we don't have to get yeah, to yeah. but there's a lot of ex- dark external forces that made the Alaska Airlines Center what it is uh, without. Oh, I don't even get a start like that. that. Well, we, we talked about that, and two people are like, oh, man, that should have been a rink. And I agree, except for the fact that what other D1 college program shares their rink with D2 volleyball? Mm-hmm. That, nobody. It's it's your rink. It's it your rink. You want to yeah. you want to skate anytime. It's your rink. It's not a multi-purpose. And you turn and, and you and then you can then it's you can take this stuff on. out of the practice and give that to the volleyball team. <coughs> exactly. But the right. airline centers for the hockey. But, right. but but I do I do gotta I do gotta uh, let you know though like Denver, that's they D one D now they got some other things that are D one right because they got great facilities and they've got the funding. 
but you know through the the 2000s or whatever division one hockey team everything else was division two yeah you know and most of those hockey powers st cloud you know duluth it's the same thing north dakota yeah Division one hockey team, Michigan Division two sports, but they had priorities. Mm-hmm. You know, like like a guy like Trev Albert that we grew up watching play for the Cornhuskers. He was the AD for UNO. Wasn't he a point. linebacker for the yeah, football big, team? Big wow. time stud. Cornhusker First round draft pick. Uh, got Colts a, got a job as an administrator for UNO as the uh, AD, and you know he's a football guy, and he let people know certain terms like down the road on down I eighty. That's the football school. Here we're a hockey school. That is our Division One program. Yeah, UAA and UAF never have it. never had it. Mm-mm. We've had it a little bit in Fairbanks with the Forest guy or yep. Cotton or whatever, but we haven't had it uh, where it could be cohesive enough to where these programs could really just thrive year over year. Right. And so, what, uh, what do you think the future is now? Because, um, and I get it. Like you're saying, the uh, WCHA when I played in the WCHA, totally different. I mean, mm-hmm. you had uh, Minnesota, North Dakota. Same with you. Mm-hmm. And now that's changed. The Big Ten. Uh, now we have them basically telling Alabama, Huntsville, UA, UAF, see you later. And mm-hmm. I, I, at some point I get it. Like um, Geographically, yeah, like you said, it's pain in the ass coming up here. It takes longer, um, more expensive. But what is really – I mean, I'm scared of the future of, of uh, college hockey in our state. And mm-hmm. I think it goes along, along the, all the East Coast – or uh, the West Coast, rather. It's like you say hockey – you know they they don't want to see um, UAA and UAF fail at all. They mm-hmm. they want it to be to be strong because that's it, it's just a good. I mean you, you you all the way down to like okay, how many local players you included you included everybody here at this table? Um, have you ever played for a UAA or UAF alum? No. Every one of us has. Mm-hmm. Every one of us has. Um, so you take that out. Let's say UAA UF goes away. There goes. A lot of college guys that know the game, whether they're good coaches or not, they know the game, and they're coming in and staying. Mm-hmm. And they meet a local girl, they stay here, and that's gone. It's gone. That's that's not good. But yeah. what what do you think the U uh, the the future holds for UA UAF? Looking in the crystal ball, I feel like it's it, it's so unfortunate. Like we have uh, some really inept legislatures. You know, we we have some people who are in government. And leadership positions that just completely letting us all down, you know, not treating BP right, not treating some of these companies right. And so what they do is they, you know, everyone's got to be more cost effective and, and run as lean as they can. Right. And so they're just like, you know what, we are tired of dealing with this. Um, you know, uh, we missed our window in the natural gas line. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, if Parnell had been, the, you know, like, you know, no disrespect to Mr. Walker, but Parnell kind of already had that thing going. Yep. And it would have happened. You know, China wanted to invest in it or whatever, and then they would have been investing in this long term. But you know, things don't happen; things get kind of botched, if you will. And now that that pro- that 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 project is no longer feasible to have a natural yeah. gas line, so we're not going to get one, and that was going to be our next boom. So now we're dwindling resources, and uh, you know, it's affecting the school system because you know we're losing the people that we need to keep, you know, to keep the state thriving and things like that. And our athletes are a big part of that. If we don't have uh, strong sports programs at UA and UAF. We're not going to get these awesome, dynamic, energetic, legit people that you, me, and Walt, and, and Mr. Ginger over here, you know, <laughs> look up to yeah. and want to play for yeah. and, and uh, you know, can can teach me how to play the game and, and, and be that extra um, 
influence. I mean, yeah, you've point. done a, you've done a wonderful job with your boys. Like you know, your boys they they love their parents. They love you and your your, your wife. You can see they respect yeah. you, and they're and they're just good men, right? But you know, a lot of parents, unfortunately, um, they need they <laughs> they're hoping they're hoping like hell. There's a coach out there that's going to help help keep my son or daughter right you know on the right path and, and keep them passionate about something um so that it can allow them to learn these life lessons and and, and want to be something more than just yeah whatever you know what i mean like yeah. want to push for something and so it, it's i'm scared you know I, I i i'm scared that we're not doing things well enough and a lot of things are just going to you know from the top down and uh, things are going to get sour and and you know, now we're dealing with this COVID thing, and, and they're talking about, you know, Bamboki never be, being a rink anymore. That's not You know what I that's mean? Right, like, yeah. Um, I think that's extreme, but it, it has been, you know, were you just going to take that space away? You know, like. Uh, Berkowitz has never had maybe a 500 hockey moms on his doorstep, yeah, so hey, good luck but, with that. You good know. luck with that. Well, and, and then the cost of things, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's all little weird things that people just don't realize is that the the, the trails – and some of these things that we have, you know, which are great, people are utilizing. Yeah. They make money? But uh, the municipal fees and the things that hockey parents pay are paying for the tennis courts, paying for the trails, paying for all that. Yeah, the ski trails make money? The library make you money? I mean? yeah. Doubt it. Have you seen our you tennis know? courts Doubt down it. here Meanwhile, in Meanwhile, we're paying 350 bucks an hour. And At uh, least clean the toilet. Yeah. You know, and I don't want people or to say repair I'm, it. I don't people say I'm being ignorant or whatever, and obviously, you know, so I want to, you know, put that caveat there. But it's true. You know what I mean? That's where they're getting a lot of their funding is 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 off the backs of hockey parents. Big Absolutely. Time. You know, Big and uh, you know, I challenge someone to try to tell me I'm wrong. I, maybe I can't debate it as well as I need to, but it is true. I've been told, and I've, I've had it you know laid out for me. It's a big deal. Well, believe me, I've worked uh, at the MAC for 23 yeah. years, and that's the been a, that's been a point of contention. The for finest me. rink in Alaska. Thank yes. you. Uh, it's been a point of contention for me because it's it's a philosophical difference of like you go to Canada, every farm town of 500 people 2,000 people has a rink mm-hmm. yeah, it may not be the Taj Mahal but they are usually well kept why because they pay Al- for it always mm-hmm. well kept and and what what's it it's 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 a it's um it's, it's a necessity for me to have um good public recreation why are they like taking well because they figured out that hockey rinks if you you jack up the rates enough it'll pay for itself and you can use that money for other stuff mm-hmm. that part kind of get other mm-hmm. part of it is uh it's uh quality of living mm-hmm. is what it boils down to and are we going to you know give our kids something to do mm-hmm. and adults like the erhl something to do i mean and and in rinks that are are worthy you go to dempsey we've talked about this in the pod before you haven't been on there i apologize for going back into it but the fact that dempsey anderson rink um is when you tell that i'm going to dempsey what does a kid think who's 10 years old never met dempsey and mm-hmm. you know Piece of shit rink. That mm-hmm. that's unacceptable. Fucking unacceptable. Yeah. Either clean that motherfucker up, yep. or fucking change the name mm-hmm. to whatever you want. Northern Someone maybe you don't like yeah. what it used to be. Yeah. So it's just like uh, um, there's a certain amount of respect there. And for Dempsey, I played for Dempsey, one of the greatest human beings ever ever mm-hmm. ever known. And to have this building treated like that. Anyway, sorry mm-hmm. to get off topic, but it, it's it's a sad state of affairs. Without strong re- leadership in these things and dynamic energetic people who it's their job or else you get fired to make to make them do things right you know it would help but there's there's nobody like hey man you're not that's that's not right and so you know going uh you know we go out of town and we take our families on trips and it's just um, you remark at how 
how much cleaner and well well run things are and it's like why can't we have that no oh, dude it's, it's embarrassing especially it's like, like in minnesota canada north dakota every rink you go to is like the mac it's mm-hmm. spotless like there's yeah. touch-up paint on the walls when there's a mm-hmm. nick and like it's just it's fantastic yeah but back to, back to the uaa uh college hockey thing real quick um if i can put my two cents in i've said this before but man i mean i would love to see why isn't college hockey in the West Coast? Why isn't mm-hmm. Stanford, UCLA, Oregon, uh, name it, uh, Arizona, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State? State. You, that would save us because it would still, it's on the West Coast. It could come up and take a three-hour flight out of Seattle, and it's not a big deal. Versus coming from Houghton, Michigan, from Grand Forks, it's a, it's a, it's a haul. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I don't know if that's in the work. I know a lot of those programs have, uh, a lot of schools have uh, club teams, which have been going on for years and which are mm-hmm. – I need to delve more into that. They're 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 like like funded and mm-hmm. and they they play and um and what would it take to yeah Oregon has one the Ducks what would have it a take club because team. now I think now right there's so many people kids playing hockey so many good hockey players mm-hmm. that the sixty teams we have nationally at Division One mm, I don't know maybe there's not enough spots for all these kids I mean maybe we should there was a thing about D three hockey where they said that every D three team has a half dozen D one players D1 on player, it yeah. because there's not enough teams for them to play yeah. on yeah. well we need more terry pagulas i mean that, <laughs> that's really what we need you know we need we need some we need some um you know great alumni you know from ucla or usc or um you know uh arizona uh and that's in and, and that's what we had at arizona state like i don't know if you know or or, or walt um reader walt but how did how did arizona arizona state finally get it going they yeah. must. They must have had a donor. Somebody stepped. I up. think it was a donor that offered. Because I think that's what it takes. Yeah. It just takes more of these, <laughs> these people that change that change things. And uh, yeah, one donor. Yeah, that makes that, that change. Know, University of Washington, you know, uh, Oregon State, Oregon University. There is room to have a uh, Pac-10 big time. Ho- hockey. Big uh, time. And you know, wouldn't it be cool? Oh. And you know what? And this is a newer so part much of, more affordable. It's for a the te- newer for the part of the country. Where do you want to go to school? You want to go to school in Hamden, Connecticut, or do you want to go to school in Santa Barbara? Yeah, and play hockey. The Other time is now. You got Seattle coming on. We've, we've mm-hmm. got NHL. We've had NHL on the West Coast mm-hmm. established for a long time now, yep. over twenty years. Yep. And uh, it's time. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going to take. Oh, you got That's what I. That's why I hope for UAA and UAF mm-hmm. is that, that something like that happens and they get in a, a good spot. And again, that's the only thing that's going to save them. The admin's going to help. Only thing time. that's going to save them, Reed, is exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. It was like when. Um, What's his name? Uh, bought the Kings and brought Gretzky in. That was yeah. the only West Coast team. Now look yeah. at it. You, you know, you got Vegas out here. You got Arizona out here. You got all these other teams out here. But I, hey, if you don't mind, I kind of want to shifted gears while we got JJ here. Real quick before you go to that, um, it's the same that happened to the Aces. Okay. When the American League came west, yeah, and they took the, they took those markets out of the East Coast Hockey League, yeah, it effectively made it hard, where it, it it made it impossible for the Aces to continue to do business, and so everybody wants to know why the Aces went. No matter what, no matter how many people came to the games or didn't come to the games, or uh, you know, or how many games they won, it wasn't it didn't matter. The East Coast League no longer could 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 afford to have a Alaska right. have a hockey team. Right, it's yeah. the travel so much the. Uh, Shift, shift so gears. Far. Well, no, real, real quick. I mean, I'm, I'm stoked. Uh, uh, the new coach Curly's got some good local boys coming in. He's got Preston Weeks, got Cranick, uh, got Shackle, two Shackle boys mm-hmm. now. Um, that, that, that's a, that's a good sign that he's tapping into those. Yeah. And hopefully, if anyone's listening to this, that uh, go to the games if you can get a ticket now. Mm-hmm. But support those guys, man. Yeah. Support. Um, 
Seawolf hockey and Seawolf a- athletics and, and in general, or it's going to be gone. Well, we need to get yeah, we need to get something McDonald on the lamp. Anybody seen his body lately? Yeah, the boy can yeah, skate. He's, I have. He's yeah, a he's strong. He's a Viking. Well, if you know yeah. a guy, maybe you could oh, yeah. put in a word. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Talk about it. Talk about it. talk about it, an influence on the game when you have a kid that can skate like a house on fire. Yeah, and he can get it on the puck and With the forecheck. With his size, it, it changes everything. Yeah, well, I've got uh, three boys. Sutton is more like his old man, other than size wise. Yeah. Uh, Big boy, but um, yeah, high energy guy likes mm-hmm. to hit and uh, not afraid of the dirty areas, which <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's a bread and bread and butter there. But yep. um, anyway, so enough about UAA. Um, yeah, I'm I'm huge. I, I, you know, obviously growing up here, everyone want to play for UAA. Mm-hmm. Oh, back in the day, UAA back did in not the day, want it me. was slammed along with all the other. Well, and the Aces for that matter. Ball. When the Aces were winning, well, oh, couldn't get a ticket. Couldn't get a ticket, man. You yeah, got to stand up in the in the middle bowl there and watch the games. Yeah, it looked like Noah's Ark in the, in May. People coming from every crack and cranny yeah. to get the end of that building. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> is this a state fair? Where yeah, I, I had a couple questions for you, um, and just kind of shifting gears from away from the serious stuff and kind of into the uh, uh, specific J.J. Johnson stuff. Um, as a guy that played your role, is there anybody that that when you stepped on the rink, you're like, yeah, I really like punching this guy in the face. Like it was a good, like you looked forward, like yes, yeah. you marked him on the schedule. And then conversely, was there a guy you're like, God, I hate having to fight this guy. He's a good guy. Mm-hmm. He's my buddy. I'm gonna have yeah. to punch him in the face tonight. Was there any guy on both ends of that spectrum that come to your mind? Oh yeah, there's 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 those guys on every single team. Okay, every single <laughs> team. Um, but if I had to use names, it'd be guys like. You know, Brett Gallant. Okay. Just like, man, you're – that's going to be a fist fight, man. Yeah. Um, Joel Recklich. I mean, we're talking about guys that are just complete and utter Vikings. Yeah. Um, Eric Nielsen. But, man, to know them – Yeah. You know, guys that – you know – Guys, it's easy to respect. It's yeah. easy to like them. You beat you know the shit I mean? out. You beat the yeah. shit out of each other and have a beer. But you, but you, you know what? Like, and you might have got the 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 upper hand on them or whatnot, and they're still good about it. You know, Trevor Gillies, same thing. Or maybe they got the upper hand on you, and there was a genuine concern. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. There's all times all types of uh, situations yeah. where things happen, and you know what? It's not likely that that person's going to be a- any scumbags. Your, 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 uh, I mean, any scumbags that you're just like, well, I, I hope I'd knock this guy's teeth well, down his throat. Well, word since this is uh, the age of entitlement, so there's a lot of scumbags. Yeah. to be honest with you, but any uh, stick out though, like just one name that you're like, I wish I could have hit him just a little bit harder. Oh man, that's a that's a really good question. Um, well, you brought up Kevin BX and the Superman punch. I really enjoyed, and he did Radko Gudis like that because <laughs> that guy, you know, he was taking advantage of the new age in the NHL where you could just go knee bomb and and hit people just you know uh, egregiously, and you didn't have to deal. You didn't you didn't have to atone for your uh, your actions. No accountability. Um, oh man, you know, a guy like Stortini. I'm sure he's a great guy, but would always try to get that last punching on you. <laughs> When the fight was over, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, how do how do One I of those guys? How do yeah. I respect you? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? The like, fight's the, done. The, the ref came the in and you throw an extra punch. Yeah. And then you skate off the penalty box like you won the fight. Yeah. Go hide like a hero. Yeah. You know, like, come on. Yeah. Um, you know, th- those behaviors are behaviors that just uh, drive you nuts. Just you know, because it's like, come on, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
you're, you're a little kid. Yeah. You, 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 you still must be a little kid if you think that you can act like that. And it's, and it's, and, and you're going to be respected and, it's and okay. celebrated yeah. for it. Yeah. But uh, we're going to get out of this box soon. Yeah. We, we live in the age of uh, ignorance, really. I mean, uh, you, 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 things don't really get called to a question and things aren't really held accountable the way we all hope. And, uh, you t- know, tell us you know. about two things. One, your nickname, yeah. the, the governor, yeah. and two, your number, 49. Well, uh, the nickname came from when I was playing for UA. Um, people, you know, they call me the mayor just because I just, you know, I love kids and I'd be snatching people's kids, you know, <laughs> from them and squeezing them and chasing them around. And kids are probably looking at me like, I don't know who you are. Like, get away. From, you know what I mean? And um, I think obviously when you when you when you treat other people's kids well, I think it just lends itself to being like, it endears you to, to people, you know, 100%. because that's the most important thing to them is their kids. And when you get a kick out of their kids or whatever, naturally they're going to, you know, have, uh, find a fondness for you. But I wasn't doing that because I wanted everyone to love me or whatever. I love their kids. They're cute. They're precious. You know, I want to have kids. It's yeah. my, it's, um, I'm a nurturer. Yeah. I'm a, uh, I'm a protector. They're easy to make. Yeah. <laughs> and they're fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh so I got the you know you know, they call it shaking hands, kissing babies kind of thing. Yeah. So they just call me the mayor, you know, I'm from East Anchorage and I'm half black and half white and you know, I played an affluent sport and so I kinda was you know, I had both ends of the spectrum. And so it just, you know, people be like, oh, my God, you know them, you know him. And, and, and uh, so it, it, that's how it came. But then when I started playing for the Aces and I was, uh, you know, fighting yeah. uh, Jack Michaels, the governor, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and then the players start calling you the governor. And you know you're out at the F Street. That's how it starts. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna change. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna start calling you governor yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're at F Street, and you're like the governor. You know, and 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 that's how it came to be. And so it's almost for me. I didn't mind it because it's like, yeah, I'm not the mayor anymore. I'm the governor. I've kind of graduated. Yeah, hell to yeah. I'm not. I'm out here. Uh, you know, enforcing or, or or pretending to or trying to or doing my best. I love it. And uh, the number was uh, as much as it makes sense for Alaska. It really was a Steve McSwain thing. It was a Steve uh, McSwain thing. It was a hundred percent. Steve McSwain Love thing. It. So here you are. Another future guest, by yeah, the way. Yeah, East Anchorage High School, and uh, you, you're, you're, you know, you're in that part of town, and he's doing his Young Guns hockey camp, and he's bringing up Clark Donatelli and Corey Millen and Cord Cernich and Dean Larson and Mike Peluso and Steve McSwain, a guy that you weren't quite familiar with, but you looked at where he played, and who, <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're just like, wow. And then I looked at the address where you mail the, um, the, uh, the forms, for payment, your check, your your uh, your administ- your sign up, and I saw it said you know, thirteen eighty Apollo Drive, and I was like, oh my god, that's right around the corner from where I live. Got my rollerblades on, <laughs> and I skated over there, and I knocked on I knocked on the door, with my you know my my mom's check and and uh, my sign up form, and I handed it directly to him, and he's probably like, who in the hell Who's this guy? are you? And I'm just like, you know, nappy headed and whatever. And <laughs> nappy headed. And like, to can get, we say that to, on the podcast? To get to, to get to the door at his house, you had to walk down like three or four different types of uh, deck decking or whatever. Yeah. And I, I navigated that with my rollerblades on. And, um, you know, obviously I think he knew I was from his neighborhood. Um, you know, I loved hockey, obviously. Yeah. Um, Still do, obviously. Loved being on the ice with him and things like that and uh, I was just so fortunate that he and Peluso and Larson and Cernich and these guys took a liking to me maybe I was spunky I, I don't know you know I put some I put some gum in people's hair 
Like and you said, you yeah. had that swag. Yeah. That happened. Got a, I got into a fist fight with Jason Banner, who was a who was an Eagle River kid growing up. Yeah. Uh, gave him a bloody nose. And was I, it Jason or James? Jason. Not James is the older brother. It was Jason. Okay, so James played with um, me, and he wound yeah. up. I grew up. I grew up playing a little bit with Jason, and then uh, you know I threw a rock at somebody. I blamed it on an ant, and it skipped, <laughs> and it skipped again, and then boom, hit the glass doors at UAA that we all go <clears> through. And it Where did we hear this story? Yeah, someone and, told us. And this then story. it be, and then it began to crack, and crack some more, and then tush. Maybe Merritt told me that story. All the glass fell out of the door, and I'm like, I am. And this is after Gum and just Corey Wright's hair or Jesse Wright's hair. I can't, you know, punching Jason Banner in the nose, giving him a bloody nose, and then this was my third thing, and I was like, for sure, I just can't catch a break. I'm like. You know, I've been doing weird things at Come City Park and, and, and wherever and never got in trouble. And here I am in one week. I've just really caused a shitstorm. <laughs> and I thought for sure I was going to get kicked out of camp. I lied about how I did it, and uh, which I'm not, a sh- not not proud of. But I didn't want to say I threw a rock at somebody. I didn't want to admit that because, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I, I wasn't a violent kid. Um, just probably just careless. And uh, Steve McSwain didn't kick me out of camp. He didn't kick me out of hockey camp. Steve McSwain told me that story. And you and Steve McSwain told me that story. And you guys know now in 2020, you punch a kid, you put gum in somebody's hair, and you know, a la you're terrorizing somebody, or you are out, out. of camp. Done. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're a liability, and uh, you've got to nip those things in the bug. And I didn't get kicked out of camp, and uh, and you know, just that relationship brewing there. I just and and, and it looks good too. It you does. Know, it's, you, a nice, if, if, if no, it's a nice. No, it's a nice looking yeah. number. And for sure. uh, you know, Mike Lee started wearing it for Alaska, um, and then obviously Mike was uh, an influence on me because he was one of my best friends. And, and growing up, he really was this larger than life figure. That was one of my one yeah. of my questions as you're on it right now. Yeah. Like, who are there some of the players that locally you like really yeah. looked up to? And and uh, uh, I mean, yeah. this is another thing where we could just go forever on this. But I will tell you. You know, and I've, I've, I've said this several times, so it's not new to you or Brian or anybody, but, you know, I remember p- me and Mike played house on World Express Travel, and Steve McKinnon was our coach with Jim Johnstone and, and Scott Bowe, which was Mike's uncle, and uh, you're, you're, you're pulling into Ben Bokey, and you're watching these comp games before your games, Alaska All-Stars, Anchorage North Stars, and you're seeing kids out there that know how to play hockey. And I see this puck come from across the rink, and you know, you know, and Ben Bucky too. It's a little elevated yep, yep. from the rink, and then snap, you see it hit someone's backhand, and they just wheel down there and score. And it was Brian Swanson. I remember, yeah. and I was like, "Oh my God, he caught that on his backhand." <laughs> There's two sides to every stick, Jim. He caught because he had a straight yeah. stick. Yeah. <laughs> he caught that. He caught that pass on his backhand, and he was the first example of like, "Wow," to me. Yeah, there's was, some skill was, right there. It was Brian. Swanson, that is a true story. Um, and so I wanted to play comp, you know, and obviously I loved the game, and so I kind of accelerated past a lot of kids because I just, I, you know, street hockey. Yeah. Uh, my grandma lived up at the top of Patterson. I lived at the bottom of Patterson, so I skated uphill. Maybe that made me strong. I don't know. Yeah. You know, maybe it made me fast. I was playing soccer. My mom would pick me up at lunch, and then she'd take me to the Diamond Center. I would skate. She'd give me $10, and I'd get – I'd go to uh, Bosco's and get the double bubble or whatever, and go to Taco yeah. Bell, and, and and she'd come pick me up, and and I just I just loved it. And so it went from that to UAA, obviously, you know, because initially I don't really, you know, you don't know about UAA. Right. You, you learn you learn right, that that's you learn. a big deal yeah. as you begin to kind of get older. Uh, 
and then you know Dean Larson, yeah, Steve Bogiavit, yeah, that long hair, and yeah, you go into the game and they're playing uh, Van Halen. Girl, you really got me now, and, and you can hear it. Bla- and you know, I don't even like. I'm, I don't even. I don't like. I knew Will. I knew. I knew Will Smith. You know what I mean? You know, just from what I put in my tape recorder. You know what I mean? But you go to a UAA game and you see these guys just ripping slap shots, hitting the glass, going into the curtain, and then you go down there and Brian Kraft throws me a puck. You know, and right there I was like. Oh my God! It's on. Uh, it's on like Dean Larson, the gold chain flying around, mullet, yeah, flowing in the wind. You know, and then the, I think I the first so guy sweet. that I really thought that I really saw like be a showman was Keith Morris. He'd score a goal. He had that gold Easton. You know what I mean with the grid? Oh yeah, the grid oh, oh yeah, it with the big Christian blade. Yeah, there was like a maroon one. Two piece. Yeah, yeah. Two piece. He would just hammer pucks into the net, and then he'd get down on one knee and he did, uh, or, you know, uh, today we'd call an excessive. Uh, yeah, you know, pump or whatever, yeah. but I'm just like, wow, that guy's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it goes to, you know, then you're kind of, you're, you're going into your adolescence and you're Scott Gomez, you know, uh, Ty Jones, Brian Swanson, and you're falling, and you're just so into it. You're, you know, anything you can do on, on, on the TV channels to try to find where these guys are playing it and catch a game, and then it turns into the Alaska Aces. And you're starting, like you talked about with the coaches, going to go watch Pete McInerney, my coach, or Doug oh. Spooner, or... Uh, yeah. You know, uh, some of these guys that you knew of that were coaching us actually go play. And then, you know. Go Pavel. catch a Walt Eunice yeah. Trugak High School yeah. game. Pavel Burry, <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, Mario Lemieux. And, you know, it just turns into that. The more you learn to appreciate the nice game. Nice try, Walt. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. No, I, I love that you bring that up because, um, you know, UA hockey, everyone, I mean, that's kind of the focal point as a kid. You want to play at the next level. And if you get serious like you do, like some house kids, eh, they may or may not yeah. buy in. But you, you know, once you know, you know. And you're like, yeah. that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And you did. And that's what I I love. And I hope there's more stories <laughs> out like that. Like, like I was a walk-on. I, I want to call myself a scrub for a minute. But I, I walked on and made it happen. You mm-hmm. walked on and made it happen. Dude, that doesn't – it doesn't uh, happen as much yeah. as, as it may be used to. But God damn it. I mean, yeah. here's a guy, you – Walk on UA after playing USHL, mm-hmm. the Nall. You played almost every league that yeah. was back then. Um, worked your way up, ten-year pro career, mm-hmm. undrafted. You fucking kidding me? I mean that that just that resonates with me more than anything mm-hmm. else. Is your passion for the game, your genuine dude, um, and yeah, yeah, you you worked your ass off, and there's something to be said. That's something that's goddamn lost yeah. in this generation. Yeah. It's like you want something, fucking work for it. Yeah, work for it. And yeah, you're gonna get fucking cut. I I got cut from fucking like seven fucking junior teams when I outside, mm-hmm. and I thought it was the fucking next, you know, best thing mm-hmm. since sliced bread. I mean, you you figure it out real quick, but like you you fucking kept your nose to the grindstone. Yeah. I, that, such such a good lesson. Yeah. Such appreciation for. For your story, it just—it's no, incredible. I really, I really appreciate that we share that. And it, it, I just maybe—I don't know if I was just—I wasn't smart enough, you know, because clearly I had plenty of <laughs> p- plenty of your your cut. You're not making the team, um, and but I just was like, oh, but I, but I, but I want to play. Yeah, but it, I want to play. Whether you're a fringe player, yeah. like maybe you and I were fringe players, yeah. and you said, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna fucking do it, yeah. and if I don't do it, don't do it. Like yeah. I almost walked away from high. Like yeah. fuck it, I'm just gonna. I can go to school, go get a trade or whatever, and mm-hmm. I'm so glad I did because you know, it's like you. It's just mm-hmm. awesome. And i, I got to say, you've coached my son, Cam. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to rip Cam for stories. As you know, that's hard mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. Uh, but he <laughs> did say you're uh, a, a bit of a, a germaphobe, which was 
I, I did bring my mask and mm-hmm. gloves, and when we came here, I had the mask and gloves. And you're afraid of bears, which oh my god, it seems like you are a bear. Oh, <laughs> I mean, why would you be afraid of? You got smell that? Maybe it's just respect. I respect maybe, them. Maybe, maybe. I respect them, but when you talk about germaphobe, let's think about it. What do guys do? We spit. You know what I mean? Um, maybe other guys are good at it. Maybe other guys aren't. And the spit just doesn't quite make it over the boards. Yeah. 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 It makes it over the board. Sometimes doesn't. It lands on the board. Yeah. It lands. And where do we, where do we put the water bottles? In the boards. How in safe the, are they? In the boards. <laughs> Not safe. You know, we put the water bottles in the boards. You know what I mean? So the spit's all over where the water bottles are. Then what? We spit on the ground right in front of us. So there's just a trough of spit. As a rink manager, I always had like fucking spit on the fucking yeah. ice, dude. If you're gonna puke, then, puke on the ice, and then, the and then I don't know why, but you hold your stick. What side up do you hold your stick at for some reason? Blade side. The blade side. I always go blade side. The okay. blade. Me the too. Handle in the handle in the stick. I always yeah. go blade side. <laughs> I'm always. Like, I usually I usually put it on my toe, my skate yeah. though. Really? Oh, dude, it's like yeah, yeah not always. But like germaphobes. Uh, but but I've been blade. around enough rinks. So the knob, the knob is yeah. sitting and rolling in the spit. Yeah, and then 100%. you've got the sweat from your equipment and the nasty stuff from your armpit goes down through your elbow pads and your elbow pads into your gloves. Then you're fucking and shaking the, hands after the, the game. Spit, and oh. then you're and then what happens to your gloves? You get holes in them. Oh yeah. So right. now, yeah. So now yeah. people got the spit, and you know, wonder how mono just goes, just just ravages, you know, right? So there's that, and um, you know, we all had biology in high school, and I saw those slides, you know, through the microscope or whatever, you know, paramecium, amoebas, and things like that. That's a big word, and uh, <laughs> you know, huge word, and paramecium. You know, you know the bl- I have a, you know I have a black side of my family, and you you go to visit <laughs> them, and and you know everyone's clean. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, or whatever. Yep. But there was just a certain there's a certain level of intensity towards cleanliness on the black side of my family that it was a little more casual at my mom's house. Unmatched, yeah. But you know when you go to visit grandparents or whatever, it'd be like what like you know you don't just be touching things. Sit there, you know the 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 stuff over the the chairs, the plastic. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Things like that. That's a real and, thing. Yes, and then. Um, the, 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 um, I'll, I'll just admit it. Um, I was a bedwetter, you know. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit it or whatever. And so I was. I, I, I've been I, there. I, I grew up being. I was more like a first grade. Week. All, I, I think I was all the way to first grade. Yeah. So yeah. for me personally, it was something that I wasn't. It was where I wasn't. I wasn't happy with myself over it because it was something to be ashamed of. Right, you know, you, you being careful about going over to your friend's house. So you stay, yeah, I can't. Right. You, you can't know, spend the night. Right, stay, Mrs. McDonald comes down. And she still sees me playing Contra, or watching Contra. Die Hard. You know what I mean? She's like, "Why aren't you go to bed? Oh, I'm not, I'm not tired. No, go to bed. Oh, damn it! No, you know what I mean? But for me, it was a fear of going to sleep and wetting the bed at a friend's house, and so, you know, then you're obviously you're more sensitive to the smell right. or whatever. And so that that I think is where that in me blossomed, Started. and then you know. Um, I probably never would have been able to be kind of whatever if I wasn't a garbage man, you know, for Anchorage Refuse. You know what I mean? Because I really thought I could do it without getting dirty. And the third house down the street, poof, yeah, blows the juice, up in your face. Oh, boo boo! You know, <laughs> and you you have to grab the trash. Well, that's the other and thing I love about you. You're blue collar through yeah. and through. Blue collar through and through. And I think right then I realized, uh, you know what? I can get dirty. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? It's going to be okay. I can, get, I can get dirty, and I had a stepdad. You know, I have wonderful parents, you know what I mean, that each taught me something unique or whatever. But I had a stepdad that was just hardcore, man, and I didn't want to be a punk. I didn't want him to be able to say, fucking my stepkid's a pussy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. And so stepping up became a thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And uh, paid big dividends. You know, that's off the germ thing. But, yeah, it just goes to, uh, you know, those influences and, and, and being willing to get dirty and then being okay with it. Yeah. Well, I, I pressed Cam for some other stories. Cam's a man of few words. <laughs> you know, Cam, my son. Which, which is crazy but because his interview was articulate. It was well spoken, and he did a fantastic job. Play a little music. Y- you got to listen to that. And oh. If there's a but if there's a pod you need to listen to, listen to Cam's. Yeah, but well, uh, and Jin set that whole thing up via laptop. I was yeah. I was thinking I'm, I'm a lot older than you. Mm-hmm. Glad you don't call me sir anymore. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm looking back on JJ stories, and the one I have six in my head. My son Cam's playing for you and and and, um, and Merritt. On the 16 triple 18, this is what <laughs> three years ago? Two years? Three years yeah. ago? Three years 16, ago? 16, 17. Yeah. So uh, great team, and and I'm I'm gonna get to this in a second. I mean, that's a last group of local kids we had stick together for a while. That you helped you developed and and stay. Thank you. Um, but you guys have a you guys are getting ready to go to nationals. You pick a few sheets up with the Mac because it's slowing down by yeah. then. And I'm 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 there. I'm opening the rink. I'm working, and I look over. I'm like I. I don't watch too many practices at that point. I don't, you know, the boys can drive themselves, yeah. so I'm usually not the dad at the thing. So I'm taking it in. I'm, I'm watching practice, and I can't remember. You guys are doing some full ice stuff, and fucking JJ fucking blows a gasket, grabs my fucking brand new net, perfect, <laughs> rips it, like, throws it like a freaking, <laughs> like it was a couch pillow, uh-huh. throws it against the glass, against, and just, I'm not gonna tell you the tirade. I can't remember the uh-huh. tirade, but it was. I think it was. Um, I think it was well received because the pace picked up a lot yeah. right after that. But that was my. Uh, yeah, you fucking blew a gap. And then, like as a coach, dude, you got to do that yeah. every once in a while. You got to fucking just. It's like like a Sunday morning or Saturday yeah. morning. Then no one's interested, and you're like, well, you, they were interested after that because you got this guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah I got fucking a, bring I, it on. Hey, like, I got out go. of bed to be here. Yeah. Let's go. I'm here working. You well, better. Dude, be I love. I love when you have a coach like that. Some a, a young guy, I'm calling you young guy. Yeah, because yeah, I'm old. Young guy that can, yeah, fucking throw the puck in the corner. Let's fucking go, little boy. Yeah. And yeah. I'm gonna show you how to do it. Uh-huh. It's kind of lost. I mean, I can't do that much, but that that is gold because yeah. kids are like, holy shit. Yeah, coach ain't fucking around. Right yeah, now. no, and, and you know, intent. There's nothing wrong with intensity. No, and, no, and, and and passion, and everybody has their reasons or whatever. But for me, it's like we were really fortunate to have that group. That was a special group of kids, God and damn. we were going to that big tournament, and I want I, you fall in love with these kids, man, and because you know how lucky you are to get oh, to yeah. do it, and you know you develop these relationships with these kids and their parents, and you want to see them succeed. I was desperate to have them do well. Yeah, I didn't care about if we won. Do you know? Like, yeah. Look, no, oh my God, I'm gonna. Did you, hey, Mayor, we won. We did it. You know, I didn't. I really didn't. I just wanted them to be prepared to do well because I had a relationship with you. You know, I knew the Kinnears. Yeah. Um, you know, knew the Gutierrez, is obviously. People. And, uh, you know, I'm not Both blowing great. smoke. I mean, you're, you're obviously very humble, and, and people can see it for yourself, but Cam is very special. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, you, you already know yeah. this. And we've yeah. had lots of, you know, indirect uh, things where, you know, I got my buddies just all over me about how they can get your son to come play for him. So, you know, it's, it's legit. But, uh, like... Hungry for information, 
wants to succeed, yeah. cares. Well, you know what? He, he just he's he's very very. It's funny you say talent. that because yeah. now that I think about that. Uh, Brian Swanson was like that. Yeah. You were like that. Yeah. I mean, the the good the good ones are like that. They want more. They want to be pushed. They want to mm-hmm. be you know. They want they want to soak it in. Yeah. Um, all three of my boys adore you. Yeah. By the way, I adore it's, them too. It's, little it's gab unbelievable. Point, yeah. Little gab gab. Yeah. Not so much little. I mean, how, how oh, tall are you? No, you're, you're like probably, six. I, if if I'm trying to like, if I'm trying to um, you know, six one, six yeah. one. But I'm not. You know. I'm barely five eleven. I'm five eleven probably when I wake up. Well, you you know? you, you you tend to shrink as, as you, know, you get older. Yeah. As you get, I've yeah. lost three quarters of an inch. Yeah, I'm Where, my pecker. I, I, I'm my pecker. Oh, That's just on the pecker. Half an inch. Half an inch. Well, there's a syndrome, right? Every every time you you run the thing, you put six foot. No, too. Yeah, six totally. one, and you know, I did, when it was almost over, I was like. Go ahead and put five eleven on there. Yeah. Do you know what Who I mean? Gives a shit? Yeah, yeah. Like I don't like I don't care. But when you're younger, you're like, oh my god, I gotta say six feet. No, my dad was like that. Six like- six foot one eighty five. I'm five nine and a half one forty five. That's okay. Yeah. I got the Donzi pads. I'm good. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, you know, you don't want to react and, and you don't want to portray a certain energy and have it get missed or, or have it be ignored because they see it all the time or whatever but uh you know you know we live in alaska and we're not a, we're on an island we really are these, these kids 100%. are these kids we want the best for them but they just unfortunately don't get to have that day in and day out and that weekend and week out level of competition against other kids that are very serious about it you know we we, we have groups of kids that kind of you know become elite and they just end up yeah. picking on teams and then they're not ready to take it to the next level because they just haven't been conditioned. Yeah. Um, and and how, do, how do we change that? I mean, this day and age, like yeah. we've talked about this again. I know you haven't listened to our podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're going to go back and listen to our whole catalog. Uh, but um, a kid's leaving early. I mean, what mm-hmm. is it wrong? Like back in my, and I know times have changed. I get it. But back in the day, you left to play USHL. Boom. Absolutely. Um, going to play Hunter Strand going to, yes goodbye see you good luck yeah. and we're happy for those kids but um, it seems like there's a mass exodus of, of uh, hockey players where again it seems like we had something special we had a good mm-hmm. a pretty good not Minnesota hockey a yeah. team uh, a, a, a hockey league high school league yeah. but we had a good ho- a high school hockey program yeah. and that and if those talented kids stick around like how do we I mean, I, I didn't. I meant to look that up. How many AAA sixteen teams yeah. are in to, in in the in the state uh, yeah. or in in the in the country? Yeah, there's probably ni- probably two hundred. Yeah, there's ninety three oh seven. There you go. AAA yeah. teams. So it's a shit ton. Yeah. This this might be good. Just everyone bear with me or whatever, because this is just. I've been lucky enough to kind of see some people speak and hear some things or whatever. Um, and then I'll kind of, I'll get there. Trust me. Um, so, Hockey Canada and USA Hockey have been hard at trying to figure out, you know, how do we how do we develop elite players? And so you have people, you know, rinks. How many kids are playing hockey? How many kids are getting drafted? How many kids are playing in the NHL? And then they measure who are the top 100 players? Where are they from? What's their background, right? And so what is obvious is that the Europeans by and large dominate that percentage or it's by a dominant percentage of that top 100 that are your right your higher end players obviously we have phenomenal Canadians and Americans you know Patrick Kane 
McDavid or McDavid. whatever. He's all right. But, He's all right. But statistically, <laughs> statistically, Hockey Canada and USA Hockey were like, what is going on? Because we have way more rinks, way more kids, way more kids playing hockey, but yet how come there we dwarf them in all these different um, categories, but yet they're developing better hockey players by, you know, by the group. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or yeah. you know, these some of these terms are I'm, lo- I'm I'm lost on some of the you know density and whatnot. And uh, so what they're kind of coming up to is obviously, what are we doing? We're doing things wrong. Training? Are we doing things too soon? Are we doing things too late? Or whatever. But what kind of what has been coming? You know, we go over there and we've been studying. But what they've been finding is that it's a more of a cultural thing. You know what I mean? We have great coaching. Yeah. We have opportunity. We have the numbers. Right, but it just means more to that athlete in Czech Republic or Slovakia or Russia. It just means more because Henrik Lundqvist is on billboards. Peter right. Forsberg, when you see him, it's like seeing the president. You know, it just means more to those kids than it means more to our kids over here in North America. Um, and so, you know, there was a real sports thing on HBO and they're talking about how like Norway came out of nowhere we, we, we knew them for the skiing yeah or whatever but were they number one or two in the medal count last Winter Olympics it was number no, one they're, or two. they're up there they're yeah. up there yeah and we see how many athletes they put through and we see what they got out of those athletes in terms of results so what they do is they did something completely out of the box and creative and they made they, they took it down they took it back to fun it's got to be fun. If the kids aren't having fun, then they're not as eager or willing to want to compete. You can't be good. You can't develop if you don't want to compete, if you don't love what you're doing, obviously, which everyone knows or whatever. And so they have like this constitution where parents have to sign sign off on it, and then it goes to a financial component. Nothing – it has – every all the pricing is, is um, reasonable. Everyone – it's it's assumed that everyone should be able to afford that administration fee to go ski or play hockey or play soccer or swim. That doesn't happen in the United yeah. States. <laughs> so everything is, is predicated on cost and then coaching. They're not paying coaches a bunch of money, right? It's more of a volunteer thing. And then they have, like, this system set up to where when you get to a certain age and if you want to be serious, then you can go into serious mode. Like, they don't even really keep score until a certain point of these games or whatever and parents are not allowed to be parents that we that we know and love not really and what they do to subsidize like you were talking about rings in canada the canadian government actually subsidizes oh absolutely yeah you know another thing they actually subsidizes art artists like you know there's a reason why toronto has exploded Mm -hmm. weekend bieber party next door tory lanes it just goes on on because you can get a grant city and studio studio time or whatever avril lavigne and so one of the one of the ways that they put money into norway sport or sporting norway or whatever their federation is is they they um they uh they've legalized sports betting like is everywhere and part of the sports betting goes to their hockey federation uh, not their hockey but their sport federation you know that's why they have world class facilities and whatnot, and so they focused on kids having fun and when you're having fun you want to win you want to compete you want to come to practice you want to play and, and, that, and that's the thing locally I mm-hmm. think we've lost is that you know the comp thing you mm-hmm. gotta play comp gotta play comp gotta yeah. play comp well where did Scott Gomez start 
yeah. his hockey career. He didn't start at Alaska All-Stars. Wasilla. <laughs> he started in the house league. He came yeah. out of the fucking house league. You That's where all the Brian Swanson right there. In yeah. the house league. Tesoro. Team Tesoro. And his parents nice couldn't cut. And his parents couldn't care less. Yeah. If their son was yeah. a hockey player. Yeah. They couldn't care less. It was for fun. He just yeah. wanted to play for fun. And so, you know, I'm not Water ignorant. the flower. Like I like we we know that we've got a certain energy about us or whatever. Do we really think that the kids don't it doesn't get onto the kids? Right. Parents freaking out, people being outrageous in the stands, coaches being jerks, disrespecting the ref, kids whatever, you know what I mean, things like that and then, you know, kids that are stronger, bigger, faster, whatever, beating up on kids that are left less you know, proficient at certain skills or whatever. And hell no, I don't want to go out there and just get my butt kicked. Who, right. who wants that, right. right? Nobody. And so we haven't developed enough, and we haven't developed enough of a competitive spirit. And so the kids that are alphas, they crush the kids that aren't. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, That's a fact. And yeah. I, so Especially in our small, with yeah. our small numbers, that's a fact. And so what you're seeing, too, is in, in when it comes to uh, college sports, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, they're starting to com- commit to kids earlier and earlier and earlier. They're just now figuring out because if you if you can pinpoint a kid that's effing competitive, <laughs> what do they do? Commitment for age fourteen. You're going to the U. What? Right. right. How do you know that fourteen year old? Right. You know what I mean? Right. But that's just the way it is now. It's rare to see a kid that is ultra competitive. Cam McDonald. I mean, he, yeah. Do you know? Like you you yeah. li- you lived it. Like yeah. going to a major powerhouse school, committed as a sixteen year old. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I have some outrageous ideas. I think they should do a pooled six to ten thing where it's, you know, there's, you know, there's uh, six to eight of us coaches out there. We've got, you know, 40 to 60 kids. And Make like, all the teams and equal. Like, and then, like, at, at every weekend you have a jamboree, you know, and me, Eagle River comes in, you know, Wasilla comes in. And, you know, it's it's easy to organize. You're orange today. You're purple. You're green or whatever. And we have a jamboree. And all that these kids are doing is just playing. Just get after it. So we practice and we did drills for a week. But then on the weekend, on that Saturday and that Sunday, yeah. you know, we got to go out there and have like a little two and a half hour sesh where no one cared about who was winning. And what, what what's that a lot like? It's fucking outdoor ice, the fucking yeah. shinny thing. When I guys used to drive my snow machine yeah. to fucking Chugiak yeah. High School and play all fucking day mm-hmm. with whoever showed up. Yeah. 20-year-old, 15-year-old, whoever. And you 50 year old You learned off guys. They're like, shit, how did he do that? Fucking let's go. And they're seeing that kids don't even know how to play in certain specs. Like, there's yeah. that there's that uh, documentary. AHA has kind of put it out there. But before that, I was lucky enough to have, like, Billy Crumb, some of my good buddies, pointed out to me. But there's a documentary called In Search of Greatness. Oh, and I urge fan- everybody to fan- watch this. Fantastic. But they talk about people's creativity being um, stimulated. So you got yeah. It's it's <laughs> yeah. it's Gretzky. It's Pele. Who's the other one? And uh, and um, Jerry Rice. And Jerry Rice. But they talk about Brady. And they talk about a lot of really special stuff. But they talk about you can take kids to the outdoor rink, give them a puck. Bye bye. And but no, but now they're just like, well, now what? Yeah. No one's yelling at them. What to but, what? but they don't know what to do. Yeah, they don't know what to do. They won't just naturally play. Dude, you got to yeah. read. You got to read. You got to. Okay, no. you line here. You right there. All you, right, I will the whistle. Go. No, that, that's what's getting lost. So Ken Dryden, uh, the Hall of Fame uh, goalie for Montreal in their big years, wrote a book called The Game. And Great he book. writes a paragraph in that book that specifically addresses exactly what you just said. And that was, he was talking about even in the 70s that was happening. Like, hey, these kids get four hours on their backyard rink, Mm -hmm. and then they go to a game and they play 
10 minutes of a 30 minute game and 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 it's funny and i'll bring that excerpt one time because it's exactly what you just said yeah but i had one i did have i I had structure i had one close closing thing for you for me anyways um number one we originally planned on doing this pod with a, a very good friend of mine and even a better friend of yours uh Merritt Waldrop and and we barely scratched the surface with with you I mean I'm not halfway through my list of questions and I know Reed's not either um and we've been going a while but we will have you and Merritt together because your guys' stories are going to be legendary love Merritt um to death he's he's, kind of like it's kind of like I I, I can you guys the Tommy boy yeah the David Spade you're the you're the Chris Farley or if you want to go uh Arnold and uh DeVito and the twins you guys are like that it's great totally he would not have survived let's just call it just let's just be honest and a lot of people that you know either love him or hate him they would you know god dang it man Merritt, you would be dead <laughs> and, and and he kno- and the you best know. part is is you know Merritt knows that yeah. but uh but my, my closing thing with with you jj and and i think that we're gonna have many more pods with you but uh i just it's the same thing reed said as as i was doing my research on you uh you, you walk on at uaa uh undrafted to the nhl you were released by the aces three times twice yeah. Twi- you're released yeah. by the aces twice so all you ever heard what was no uh, how how if you were to talk to one kid great question. today that's saying jj mm-hmm. all i ever hear is i'm not fast enough i'm not big enough mm-hmm. i'm not good enough i won't make it they said mm-hmm. no i got cut i got released i didn't get drafted what's your advice to them because you did it yeah. you you were told all those things mm-hmm. and you still Got the slip on that sweater yeah. in NHL hockey game. No, it, 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 it is emotional, and it should be, really. Because if you care about something, then dang it, man. Like, yeah, absolutely. What the, like, what, why are we doing this for? And so what I tell people is I say, dreams come true, so they understand that. Lightning strikes, you know. Maybe they don't quite understand that. Like, do you not think, you, like, you don't, you, don't, you don't picture yourself, you don't envision it, you know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't, you don't see it. Like yeah, maybe maybe that's got to kind of be fostered in you and, and, and taught to you about how you can see yourself. You know, just through how you mature and and we all have different things that kind of get to us at, at certain times and s- some earlier than others. And and, and for the people who at work comes to earlier, you know, they're all the better for it. Um, but lightning strikes, dreams come true. You know what I mean? And then I take it from that to it's. It's fucking worth it. It really is. No, it is. You know, it is. it is all worth it. Being a freshman, you're worried about being cool, and this is your big band of May year, and you want to be on the team. And, like, being on the team is part of me being cool at, 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 as yeah. a freshman. Oh, yeah. oh my God. <gasps> I got cut. So now all of a sudden I don't even want to go in the student center at, at, at uh, East High School because I'm not on the team. And then I have that feeble mind to think because I'm, you know, I'm a dumb kid. I don't know. Right, and my parents—they don't know what they, what I'm going through or whatever, because they hadn't been through it. You know what I mean? I felt like I wasn't good enough to be my friends with my friends, right? Because I didn't make the team, I got cut. You know, and you're depressed about it. Um, you know, but you want to play because you still—you know—you want to be with your buddies because it's a game. You want to play. You don't want to be left out, and so you, you fight through that. You—you you know, I was lucky, um, and this is where you're fortunate. I didn't get to play for Brian Kraft and the team that I wanted to play for with my buddies, right? You know where I ended up playing? I played for Steve Gasparini and, and uh, Big Daddy Kowal. Fucking Gaspo. Right? Yeah. So wouldn't you know, it was probably better for me. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? If I can't make the other team, I probably would have been, like we said, on the fringes again and whatever. You go to another team where clearly we're gonna, it's going to be an uphill battle. Yeah. So we're going to coach you. Yeah, but the puck's on your on the on the stick. You know, Cause, important issue because uh, Gasparin he doesn't want to get crushed. Gaspo's off. He don't want to get crushed, okay. and he expects things to be a certain way. And you better have your butt tight, and you better be effing listening. Don't screw the drill up. Right. That's one of my right. huge problems now. We can talked about it next time. I I can't believe these kids don't mind fucking up a drill. And I'm like, are you kidding? No, Dude, you don't. Get in the F- back of the line. You yeah. Don't, you're not fucking paying attention. Get in the fucking back of the line. That, you that's know? one good thing about carrying one group through is mm-hmm. you will have a couple alphas on your team that are like, hey, hey. Take care of that shit. Yeah. To the end of the line. Yeah. yeah. Even even at, even at like squirts. So like, no, yeah. no, no, no. What are you doing at the front of the line? Get to the end of the line. Watch this go through a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Then you take that to your sophomore year. Again, didn't make the damn team, right? I'm not on any. So in addition, not, yeah. you've been cut from two teams. In addition to being released by the Aces, being undrafted in the NHL, and walking out at UAA, not mm-hmm. having any scholarships, you've also been cut by two local. Oh no, comp it was, teams. So what it was is when I was nine or ten, I was you know athletic or whatever. So you made the team. Then people grow, and then all of a sudden you're not as athletic enough to be as maybe effective as you were as an 11, 12-year-old. And so I got cut as a freshman, and then I got cut as a uh, – wow. I actually got I actually got cut as a peewee from Gasparini, who was going to have the hot team that year, and I had to play peewee bees. But that was a bridge year because that was when they changed the rules, and you only got one year of peewees, which was weird. So then sophomore year, I'm not on any team. And, you know, you know, I got a mom and a stepdad, and, you know, to my stepdad, like <laughs> – like you ain't making teams, buddy. Like, wh- I, what's up? Why, why are we Why are we paying for yeah. stuff, right? And I had a buddy from Fairbanks that I knew for a couple of years, and they had a hard ass coach, Sanford. I don't know if he was a gold king. He was an old gold king yeah. who was coaching kids, and you know they had a good group of kids, but they only had like nine or ten players. And his mom was willing to take me in, so I moved to freaking Fairbanks my sophomore no year. I left wow. in October. No shit. Yeah, I freaking. I, walk, I, I went from you know we know like you know passing periods. That's a time to like pinch a girl's butt. You know what I mean? Laugh at somebody, do something dumb, and then go on to the next class. I went from class to class to class. I went to the lunch. I got a piece of pizza. I got a coke, and I went and sat in the corner. And then I went to my next. Pe- like it was, it's it was sad, but. I just didn't feel like I, I didn't feel like I was worthy, you know what I mean. Oh, so then, good God. I go I go to Fairbanks, get to play on a really good team, get exposed to some things that parents probably you know, like I had never touched a girl, kissed a girl, and all of a sudden the locker room guys are talking about things that I hadn't even like having sex, <laughs> you know what I mean, and like seeing things I hadn't even seen a girl like I hadn't let alone like tongue kissed or anything like that. And in Fairbanks, what else is there to do? Right. But smoke marijuana, cut class, drink beer, go to someone's yeah. house, drink their parents' beer yep. or whatever. And it's different up there. Their yeah. parents, people drive around with beers in their car yeah. in Fairbanks. I'm sure they is do that here. Bad? Is that bad? I do no, that but here. No, no, no. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, yeah. it's just different. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so people let their kids get away with stuff up there. Oh, t- I love and, Fairbanks. And, love and, uh, Fairbanks. So I played outside hockey all the time because you know they got that great situation outside goal, uh, the, little, dipper. The, the dipper the dipper they Dip. got those they Jesus. got three or four rinks they maintain dude it's like Damn glass yeah. and so First i was just 20 below but it's glass so i i did i had to do i had to do everything with with pat stewart who i lived with who was my buddy we did weight training and we i had to cut class with him because his mom lived in esther and if i didn't go with him i was not going to make it home and that would have been a freaking problem and he would have mad at me and hated me as his buddy like stop don't be a nerd like we're cutting school we're leaving yeah damn it I had to go 
right? Yeah. Sometimes we went to go play hockey, thank God. Other yeah. times, you know, you know, they do what they're doing. Something, right. something weird in the back right. room, and their mom and I was watching, you know, ESPN or whatever because I was still scared. But uh, I came back, you know, angry. And then the next year, obviously, not good enough to be in that alpha group that, you know, you coached, that, that kind of group. So I had to play for Pete McEnany. And what do you mean I had to play for Pete McEnany? That made all the difference in the world. I had never been, I think the last time to that point to where I'd been like a confident kid, like on the rink, was when I was a squirt. Play for Pete McEnany, and he just gave me all the, he just infused me with all the mojo in the world. Like, you're good. I like you. He's my coach. I respect him. You know, I look up to him. And he is just feeding me all the kind of positive vibes as a parent. You're just hoping to God someone else will, will give to your kids. And so I went from my junior year to just to just exploding at East High. And I was playing defense and forward for Pete on the, in playing against the best competition in town because we played the All-Stars and the North Stars. North Stars coached by Pitta. All-Stars coached by Larky. Two very tough teams. And, so, and, and you think Pete didn't want to play those teams? We played them. Oh, hell yeah. It ain't like it is hell now. Yeah. We're not, we are not playing you. We played them every single yeah. week. Who was Pete coaching? He was coaching the Eagle River Mustangs. Yeah. And You're an Eagle River guy then. Well, yeah, by golly. Eagle River guy. Blue, De- by, Blue by, Devils. By, never, Eagle by, River guy. By golly, hockey was so – it used to be so good you could have three midget A teams yeah. that could compete. And so by then, you know, Pete being Pete, you need to go play for the All-Stars. And luckily for me, things had worked out to where they had to have me on the team. And Bill Bill Crum's father and uh, Keith Mitchell, he's a black man. He was a CFO of uh, Alaska Pipeline. They took care of my my expenses. And all of a sudden, as a, as a senior, I was, you know, I didn't get cut. Nice. <laughs> I finally didn't Dude, get, I finally that, didn't that, get that, cut. You took that. That is took, awesome. You took yeah. that question. Yeah. I had no idea that not on top of all that, you were cut every year from the team that you wanted to yeah. play on locally, so that's so, unreal. So but we have to rewind this and say, "Welcome home." Y- yeah, Riv. yes, but but to fi- I got to finish this though because people get discouraged, they get cut, and they're just like, "Fuck this" or whatever. That's why it's all worth it. All that bullshit, amen, is worth it. And kids have to know that we don't know that because things are so instant, you know. And we don't have to get on that high horse because we've been, you know, we all get exposed to those 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 great, you know, self help motivation kind of things. But it is true that um, it's fucking worth it, man. Crying cry some tears, that's bleeding, it. That's, you know. That's the thing that I wrote <laughs> down for you from this, and I don't know if Ginger will use it for a title or not. But lightning strikes, dreams come true, and it's worth it. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a that's such a lesson. Three mm-hmm. three simple things. It's such yeah. a lesson. And and right there, you nailed like co- uh, Pete Mack. Just mm-hmm. what a fucking solid oh, dude. Man. Fucking solid. I was fortunate enough when I started coaching my own kids. And when Sutton got involved, mm-hmm. that Ty was a year younger than Sutton, and we started to hang out. And dude, I learned so much from Pete. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> what, what mm-hmm. a competitor! What a solid oh, guy! What a straight shooter! I don't know. What, I we're gonna have him on the podcast. It'll be like an eight-hour podcast, back to back with Steve. I, I won't. I won't hear from him, and then I'll go to the state tournament with like my Pee Wee minor team. And I'll get a text from him. Hey, how's it going up there? Yeah, dude. And it's like, uh, give me some scores. Give yeah. me some scores. Yeah, give me some scores. Like, scores. what do you? How do you know when? Number one, how do you know I'm in Fairbanks? Yeah. You know, number two, like, hey, you had the All Stars this morning. How'd it go? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, and he and he and he doesn't get enough credit because he's such a good guy, right? Because had he been more of an asshole, <laughs> no, seriously, no, I, think I, about I, it. Think I agree about with it. You. Had he been more of an asshole. No, I got to be the head coach, mm-hmm. like of that Scott Gomez midget team. Current, I, I current, right. current situation no. within Eagle River Blue Devils, having a potential good coach, and a coach that maybe is not as good as he is, but has been in the association, and that coach, that exactly doing what you're saying. Nope, 
I'm not the head coach. I'm leaving the association. Mm-hmm. Same exact thing you just said. So Pete yep. didn't do that, right? And so without Pete, they couldn't bridge some of those because, you know, we get to a point to where guys want to play and win nationals. You know, we got Scott Gomez and Jeff Carlson and Josh Kern, and we, you know, we had a bit of a conglomerate. Then you had Pitta, and it was like, eh, right? And so Scott McLeod knew he needed Pete or else he wouldn't have everyone right. he needed to have I on that team. You know what I mean? And so there's lots of things people don't realize is that Pete, if he was an asshole, people would know more and they would appreciate and he would get more credit because he coached the best players in yes, the state. And no, one, no one has more direct points of impact yeah. than he does with the best players that right. we've had from here. And and you're right. And, and uh, Pete and McLeod figured it out. Mm-hmm. Pete's a developer, dude. He'll mm-hmm. grab a kid out of the house league. Mm-hmm. Like, this kid can play and and do it. He, he's he's a he's a developer of kids. Yeah. Not all coaches are like that. Yeah. And now he'd have to re re unfortunately reword things. But he would say things like, "Take your freaking skirt off." You know what yeah. I mean? We don't want to see you. We don't need to see you down there trying to drop pass. Yeah. You know what I mean, or, right. or or just weird things like you know, have a, you know the worst player on the team would be out there trying to drop through his legs. Yeah. Like no, 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 we, no, we don't need that. You know, you can't tell someone to take their skirt off now because they'd be like, "What do you mean?" By right. That? You know what I mean? Are you trying? You know, uh, but we both know what he meant. You know, right. Like, exactly. Let's go. Let's 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 go a little bit harder here. Mm-hmm. But no, no, nothing to be scared of. And uh, you know, people, you, know, you got squirts there two or three years out of hitting, and they're scared of a stick battle. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, not on Pete's team. Typically not, because my yeah. both my boys uh, Sutton and Cam played for for yeah. Pete. It was awesome. But constant uh, constant encouragement. Oh, dude! Constant constant communication. But dude, a, a lot you're a lot like Pete in that respect. Mm. As far as uh, to me, someone I mean, I looked up to Pete. Um, you're a role model. You're an ambassador for Alaska hockey. Um, I mean, what what more can be said? I mean, y- y- the coaching ranks, and, w- and we haven't even touched on a lot of the stuff. Oh, and we, I know we, you're, we're running out of time right now. We have six it's, more it's, pods. It's with uh, us. but we're gonna definitely have you back. But um, I was so stoked, and uh, sometimes it's hard to. Uh, I've been around so long. Sometimes it's hard to surprise me. But I was surprised, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you never stop learning because, mm-hmm. dude, it just. Um, thank you for coming on yeah, and no. being a part. Do you of have the, any gifts the show. for our guests? I do. Actually, I have. Uh, well, see, I I brought the the mask okay. and the gloves. I need those because uh, uh, Camo said you're a little bit of a germaphobe. Mm-hmm. But although I don't think you've ever played in the Coach Mac Cup, oh, um, I need. Um, I still like fully funded. I still like the sausage into a, a large, and this is a, a, an XL I have. Oh, this is wow. from the what was it 2017. Great, great oh, T-shirt, Coach Mac Cup. Too. A uh, little sticker pack from uh, yeah. Odd Man Rush Plus oh, Dump and Change Jigger Hockey League. Oh man! Um, I want one of these cups too, by the way. That's uh, yours. That's yeah. yours. Take nice. it with you. Take yes. that with you. It's a and uh, you know, I, I want to. I want to fill it up one more time. We need to fill it up <laughs> oh, one yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, so, so JJ, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, um, it, it, your whole story is 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 near and dear to my heart. I mean, as as a guy who. Uh, who also walked on and, and kind of proved everyone else. I mean, I just I love that whole story. I hope kids listening to this take that from it, man. Yeah. Just keep fucking going for it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, well, I can't, I can't tell a kid to do that. But anyway, uh, their, their mom and dad will tell them. Yeah. But, um, I mean, dude, thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. And um, Man, for the first time I met dude. you, just because Merritt told you that I was cool or whatever, you yeah. treated me like we'd known each other for, for 100 lied. years. Yeah. 
Yeah, Mary did lie. He uh, lied. But I'm telling you <laughs> right now, cool. I, I loaned you my water bottles at, at a state championship that you won in Fairbanks, and then I in turn won a, uh, the game after you. And uh, the only thing you said to me, and I'll never forget it, was, man, that suit is fucking nice. And yeah. I had a nice suit jacket on. It. It, it was so it was so good. And, and you always treated me like you'd know me forever. And, man, I can't wait to talk again sooner than later, especially getting you and Merritt on here together. You're a complete absolute ambassador for Alaska hockey and, and any kid that's ever got to play for you uh, has been a very very uh, lucky player and I hope one day that uh, you get back into it my kid gets to skate for you, you know, too. I appreciate it. I love you guys and these kids need you. You know what I mean? And you guys do a phenomenal job and appreciate uh, it. you guys are great great men. It's, it's, it's easy to like you and respect you and uh, just know I, I love kids. It's, it's in me, my DNA to nurture things or whatever and so I have so much respect for people who spend their time with not only their kids, but other people's kids. Hell yes. Oh, big time. We all talk. Everything's about relaxing and getting away and winding down or whatever. Rare are men, you know what I mean? Real men that are worried about somebody else's kids. And so just know I I really, really appreciate you guys for that. Now, don't wait. I mean, I'm not, I know that you don't want to hear this, but local legend is not. Yeah. It's it's well deserved, man. Thank yeah. you, yeah. and I uh, appreciate you coming Thanks on the so podcast. Much. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, and on that note, uh, I think we're refill. It's time for jump, dump and change. Yep. Thanks, Jim. Oh yeah. <laughs>